The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Tony Dunn and not to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have enough resources for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. Wow, wow, wow. What is the deal, Panther fans? It's the C3 Panthers Podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. And I got to tell you, Baker Mayfield is going to bleep them up. And that is the Cleveland Browns in week one. Controversy strikes the Carolina Panthers as uh, we head into the week and uh, as they're trimming the fat of this team as well as making trades. But Baker Mayfield steals the headlines each and every time, just like my co-host often steals the show. Cody Lashney, my wheel man, welcome back. Tony Dunn, as you already know, there's nowhere I'd rather be on a Tuesday night than sitting here chilling with my boys, man. There's always something to talk about. Football is so close to being here. I can smell it. I can taste it on the tip of my tongue. Panthers football is right around the corner. And, man, do we have a show tonight. Did Baker Mayfield say he was going to F up the Cleveland Browns? Did Cynthia Freeland then try and backtrack? All the things that she said, Tony, we have all that. You know we also have this 53-man roster that we're going to talk about. We're also going to explore, do the Panthers even have a kicker? Our roster says no, but you know what, Tony Dunn, but never fails is we're going to do it with the best Panther fans in all of YouTube. You already know them and love them. It's our man, 89J Stubbs, Drew, ATX19, Craig Cartner. The real zero chill, Hemlock, J Prey, JD864, Pad One Panther, Lynn Leon Hart, White Chocolate Espresso, and the boy Tin Tizzy. Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. Let's roll. Uh, before we get in any further, I want to go ahead and give a shout out to our boy Greg, the, sh- the stat daddy, the bat daddy. Both of his parents in the hospital having surgeries kind of incidentally how kind of a crazy you know he'll be i hope he's gonna make the show tonight he said he was gonna try to do it either way look uh the bat daddy the stat daddy has done so much for us just being our buddy our pal 
Uh, so thoughts, whatever the right thing to say is, I don't like to say the thought, the T and the P, unless you're really going to do it. You know what I'm saying? Unless you're like, so, uh, look, Greg, we love you. We miss you. You're part of the crew. We know uh, we're here behind you. We'll do whatever we can for you. My man, CK, the man with the golden pipes is in the house. How you doing, my friend? Oh, brother, man. Just listen, we've got so few days left until real NFL football. We are just a few short, a week and a half away from seeing the Carolina Panthers take the field at home, opening up the season in Bank of America against the Cleveland Browns, and Baker's got some shit to say about it. Um, I think that's going to be pretty exciting. Also on the show tonight, we're going to be predicting the season. We're going to be predicting the scores, and we're going to see what Madden predicts the season record's going to be for the Carolina Panthers. So uh, this should be an interesting uh, interesting conversation, and uh, we have other announcements we're going to be uh, you know, uh, getting to here in just a few minutes, but uh, oh, happy to be here with you boys. There's so much to talk about. Uh, hopefully everybody, I know everybody's concerned about Greg, um, but we should also be concerned about Cody Lashney as uh, he's taken a couple of drubbins today when it comes to his favorite players, <sighs> not around the league. Deontay I Brown. I knew him. Uh, I know. Actually, you didn't. We never got to I meet know, him. I know, I really didn't. <laughs> I, I know. After that, I mean, no we kind of really saw him in passing on the street. We said, is that Deontay Brown? No, like, nah, don't look at him. Don't look at him. He can't fit through the door. Panthers trim the fat there. Uh, but there's all of this no stuff to talk about. You will not believe how much there is to talk about tonight. Whether it is, I think top news has to do with Zane Gonzalez's exploding groin. I think that we got to continue to talk. Look, there was a trade. The Panthers continue to have this crazy relationship with the Jacksonville Jaguars every year. Now it's like our new, it's our new AFC love. That's our figure team. Yeah. Um, So we've got that. The uh, Lavis is how do you say his first name? Lavisca Chenault. You better get used to saying that. You might be saying that a lot this year. He's our little Debo or our bigger Debo. We got so much to talk about, and we've got the Panthers and the NFL around the league trimming the roster. But that's not the only thing that you should be trimming. Because I got to tell you this, we got a sponsor, baby. Manscaped in the house. The C3 Panthers podcast is brought to you tonight by Manscaped, who is the best in the men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered. Look at this. Bro, big time for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Check it out. Join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free shipping worldwide if you use our promo code PANTHERS. That's pretty easy to remember. Panthers at manscaped.com. That's go to manscaped.com. Use the promo code Panthers. And if my math is correct, that's about 12 million balls trimmed. Just like the teams around the league were trimming today. And I got to say this is look, the pan- the C3 Panthers podcast growing. We got sponsors, right? We need y'all's help. If you want to help us grow, you can prevent your junk from getting too much bush growing around it, right? Go to Manscaped, use our promo code. We've got a magic number. We need eight. Eight is the magic number. 
Let's right. get it. Go buy your grandpa. Actually, that would be weird. No, go wouldn't. buy your women. Get your grandpa. Go buy your man. I don't know. <laughs> go buy somebody. And I tell you this: the products are incredible. I've had this shirt right here for three years. They've sponsored us in the past. The best joint to get the when you get that big package is this beautiful. This is my third one. Third one. Let me, let me put you up on screen right Look quick. This. this beautiful leather, leather, nice leather bag like it's a toiletry bag very sophisticated and one time uh, i used this when i went to cancun you get the crop preserver it's your ball deodorant you won't chafe so look help us help us grow go to manscape.com use the promo code panthers and we'll continue look i'm gonna duck down here so you can see me i might have to work on these graphics a little bit more they don't really give us a lot of screen room on Streamlabs, do they no and okay. you don't have rooms you don't have room for mistakes when you're trimming your junk. Let me tell you That's that. Right. So which is why, the good- by the way, Tony, which is why you got to give it to your grandfather. Do you know how many nicks he's got on his nutsack oh, right now? Dude. He's been straight raising his sack for this entire time. Nick. 80 years of nicks. He needs that lawnmower 4.0, dude. He's got more nicks than the New York Knickerbockers. Yep. Exactly. Uh, anyway, check it out. Cool stuff. Help us grow. There's a way. I mean, I'm telling you, buy a gift for somebody. Use our promo code. It's a way to keep this stuff rolling. Let's jump into the show. And like Take my this. man said, we only need eight, y'all. If we're yeah. able to get eight of these, man, Manscaped will continue to be a long-term partner of the C3 Panthers podcast. If you want to show some love, definitely hit up our sponsors y'all and definitely look they actually this is the one cool thing i will tell you this is the products they continue to improve them every year yeah like so i got it the first year they had it like they sponsored us our first year that they came out as a company very nice product uh product they did the second year they took away the the guards they brought them back but now this stuff is even it's just getting cooler and i tell you the battery life anything it's cool uh, you'll like it. Your ladies will love it. Uh, don't be the guy with the Afro puff around your junk. Let's Some fantastic comments, by the way. I saw uh, Protect the Pigskin. <laughs> I like that one. That was nice. Shout out to Rich Bowling. But uh, nah. yeah, without, without any further ado, and nothing to it but to do it, let's roll, boys. We have so much to talk about. Let's jump into the big news, man. Scott Fitterer continues to impress by making these trades that really no one kind of saw coming. We had Denzel Mims on the radar. That had been a name that we had been hearing a lot. He also had the uh, Baylor connection to Matt Rule. But yet again, the Panthers continue to feed on the AFC South brother that we have down there, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And LaVishka Chenault is now a Carolina Panther. So uh, we ended up getting a 2024 sixth round pick. And that was, uh, I believe, for LaVishka. And, and then we, uh, we traded daily. Well, this tweet is very confusing. But either way, LaVishka Chenault is a Carolina Panther. Didn't have to give up very much um uh, to get him. What do you all think of this? I'm in love with this, man. I feel like, and Tony alluded to it, 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 he has the potential to be our very own Debo Samuel-like player. He has a lot of versatility. He's another one of those 
running back wide receiver hybrids. You're going to be able to use him out of the backfield on jet sweeps. But also, he's a well-built young man, six foot one, 227 pounds. This dude is a unit. I can imagine him uh, potentially uh, yeah, having a lot of in-cutting routes in the middle of the field. Just daring someone to tackle him in space is going to be a chore. I love this. I, I think this is a great addition to our offense. And let me tell you, man, if you're a believer in Baker Mayfield, then you should be ecstatic because as of right now, Baker has weapons upon weapons upon weapons all around him from the offensive line to the receivers. I'm excited, man. I think this is a fantastic addition. Three things stick out to me about this move. Number one, you brought up Debo Samuel's name. It's, this is a copycat league. Right, it's a copycat league, and people have seen the success that uh, pe- that the 49ers have with Debo, kind of a Cordell Cordero Patterson like player. On their own, they're probably not the great a great receiver. On their own, they're probably not a great running back, but their ability to just make plays is what makes them good. I think that this is trying to find kind of a discount Debo in a way. Uh, Part two, next thing to think about is this, is that Ben McAdoo, two years ago, spent as a quarterback's coach, was with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and that's where um, LaVisca Chenault, LaVisca Chenault had his best season, arguably, at least roughly about the same production yardage-wise both season, his rookie and his second and his sophomore season, but five touchdowns that rookie season. So I think Ben McAdoo, our offensive coordinator, has an intimate enough relationship or a knowledge, right? It's been there, seen it, and he has some sort of vision that comes with him. The third thing, and I don't know if this is good or bad, last year after the Panthers went 3-0 and and they saw that defense really balling out, I think Matt Rule bought into the team as like trying to make a run. And I know, Cody, you have always said that like we don't know who a team is until like week six. And I, I think that maybe Matt Rule's excitement was a bit premature last year. The team was like, hey, man, we can do this. And I thought they kind of, I would say bought into their own hype, but maybe got too excited too quickly. And I wonder, I won't say the Panthers are getting too excited too quickly right now, but look, is there is there any reason to take your foot off the gas right now? If you're Matt Rule and you're Scott Fitterer, I mean, if you fail this year, Matt Rule, arguably is done no matter what Fitterer could be on the chopping block regardless. I know that people wouldn't want that, but I mean, if you're cleaning house, you clean house maybe. And so load up. I feel like this is a symbol of the Panthers saying, you know what? We're going for broke and maybe going for broke. Isn't super bowl run, but it is like, we're seriously trying to get this. So oh, those yeah. are my thoughts about this trade. CK, before you jump in on this, shout out to 89J Stubbs. We finally have a general manager that turns players getting cut into draft picks. Shout out to 89J Stubbs for the 499. CK, jump in, man. Well, a couple things. Number one, um, so the Chenault uh, trade is an interesting one. Yes, I, I, I think it's more weapons, but I also concern myself with where – that fits into this roster, right? Because that means that there is somebody who is going to be inactive 
on this on this wide receiver room or not on this team come the beginning of the year, right? Um, and that that could be uh, Terrace Marshall if there's any reality that that we believe that he's going to be traded or potentially not on the uh, on the on the roster come start of season. Um, or or is that mean that somebody like Rashad Higgins is the is the odd man out? I don't know what that really means. Um, and also if it may not mean anything, um, you know, it may not mean that anybody's going to be the odd man out, but Chenault is just there as a, as a, you know, as a backup, just in case Terrace Marshall does continue to become injury prone. That could be the alternative uh, that they see here is listen, there's all upside. There's not much downside with this trade. Uh, and I think that it's a positive, but at the same time, I also am not super excited about it. Now the, the ability to get rid of Dennis Daly and actually get something in return for it. Granted, it was a small something. We got the fifth round pick, gave up a seventh round, and got rid of Dennis. So, I mean, I think all in all, you'd probably say we got a sixth round um, in 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 the, in the grand scheme of things. Um, that's that was hey it's picks. Um, I'm also a little bit concerned that we got rid of uh, Deontay Brown and there was no trade potential for him while he's still in his rookie contract. I thought that would be an option for them to be able to actually make some money um, or make some, uh, some moves or at least a trade. Somebody was going to take the flyer on them, but I don't know. Maybe there's something about that draft class or those Alabama guards. I think this is a great point brought up by CK is that, wow, the Chenault is exciting to us because we, we acquired a, a player, right? And that always, it's kind of like I saw uh, at Salesman, who's a great follow on Twitter, great Panther fan, say, uh, this is the time of season when everybody gets released, released that I say, oh, I'd like to see how he would fit in Carolina, right? So the excitement comes with the injection of just something different, right? Right. Uh, but the question is, is what does that tell you about the team and the squad you have at this point? A lot of people brought these questions to light. Why aren't we doing something on the defensive line instead at this point? Right. And what is it? And I think what you're bringing up is what does it tell us about the players on the squad? Is there a concern about them? We saw them potentially interested in Denzel Mims. We've heard Terrence Marshall Jr., a second-round draft pick, who was kind of seemingly on the outs with this team, struggling with injury, or at least not necessarily inspiring a lot of confidence going into the season, according to Matt Rule. Um, And then even Joe Person in the Athletic, before the cuts were happening, were saying that like he could be a potential cut and think about that a second round pick from last year being cut that's it's just kind of insane to even say it but they added they clearly wanted to add to this wide receiver room and particularly it's of interest when so many people i.e cody one of these these cats i almost called y'all fools love shy smith so much shy 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 oh i'm a fool for shy smith baby i don't mind telling you Terrace Marshall Jr. So, like, what does it tell us about that room when those names are so beloved by kind of the draft darlings, the camp darlings? And then maybe, maybe here's the back end to it. Someone put more of a hybrid wide receiver running back than a receiver. But wonder if this is a referendum on Chuba Hubbard. Yeah, I mean, it certainly could be. And I, I think that's what people need to understand, too. This is just as much about his ability to run the football. Uh, apparently, he's a really good blocker. 
on the line of scrimmage too. So this guy is very powerful, and it fits what Ben McAdoo wants uh, to do as a run-first offense, as a tough, hard-nosed, you know, beat him up downhill style offense. I think he's going to fit in perfectly here. And like I said, you know, guys like DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, we have experience with guys that I would consider to be yards after the catch players, meaning get the ball in their hand and let them make magic. They might not be the most dynamo route runners in the world, but they really don't need to be. You scheme them open. And you have to think of all the other weapons that you're going to have to accommodate for now. You have DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Christian McCaffrey, and now LaVisca Chenault in the backfield, Deontay Foreman. Like, we are really loaded with what we can do on offense. And I wanted to bring something up with you boys. A lot of people have been kind of looking at this almost like a referendum on, on, on Terrace Marshall. And you sort of mentioned that. Um, I think that they still want to give Terrace Marshall time to see what kind of player he is outside of the hamstring injuries that he has continuously been going through. Um, and Matt Rule said, "I think we got the hamstrings figured out." I was like, "What yeah. does that mean? Like, what do you mean like that? He doesn't have any." It reminds me of David Geddes. David Geddes was a baller, though, man. That mother put up like two hundred yards in a game one time or something crazy like that. But he had zero hamstrings. We needed like some miraculous surgery from a rhinoceros hamstring to transplant it or something. We just didn't get it. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things. I'm hoping that we're able to you know continue to hold on to him. I see a lot of people saying trade him. Uh, I mean it, again, like those later round picks, it's not like they're irrecoverable. We already know Scott Fitter likes to trade down. And I don't see them as continuing to be a problem going forward. We're going to have our first and second round picks going forward next year. So, and the year after that. So I think this has been a fantastic addition to our roster. And I'm very impressed with Federer, man. I I know uh, I've been hard on rule, but Federer continues to impress me. I don't like the cutting or trading Terrace Marshall Jr. talk at this point. I feel like it's cutting bait with a stock that's down. You know, you're just going to lose money at this point. And what I feel like is this, is is the $20 that you're going to keep and your fear of loss, wouldn't it just be better to kind of hold on to the stock and hope for a comeback at some point uh, and then completely cut your losses later on if it doesn't work out? So I say... Uh, don't panic when the stock market goes down. Maybe we can wait for a rebound. We saw Terrace Marshall Jr. have a good OTA. We've seen him last year in the preseason play pretty well. Right? I mean, unless there's something personal going on with this guy, I say this. So just, at the very minimum, just stash him and wait. Yeah, 100%. Um, but hey, listen, I, I wanted to, listen, I know we don't want as a, as a, as a, as a show, as individual co-hosts doing this, we don't want to turn this into just about the money. But I will tell you, this past week, we've gotten something pretty cool. And that is, if you look down at the bottom of your screen, whether you're on a phone or on, if you're on a phone, you might have to turn your phone your phone vertical and you'll see a little join button. If you haven't hit that join button, it's $1.99. It helps support the show, something that we're going to use to reinvest into the into the actual show to make it a better quality, to upgrade equipment continue to pay for the things that we have to pay for uh, to help keep it going. 
And, uh, you know, we've got a couple of people that have already done it. We've got 40, now 41 new members. And because of that, you guys know the drill. Anytime somebody hits that join button, I go ahead and do a nice little shout out like, P. James 89 has decided to hit the join button, becoming a C3 super fan, becoming the 41st member of the club. Welcome into the club, James. Thanks again and much appreciated. Heck yeah. And by the way, we're going to be doing giveaways too. Tony can elaborate more on that. We're going to be doing some random giveaways for random people that are subscribed to the channel. A lot of cool stuff we've got coming down the pipe for people that are kind enough to join. Yeah, definitely. I gotta, I'm got i going to wait till the hat gets here to really pub it out because I want to show it to you guys and make sure like all of this. But bought a nice uh, snapback hat. I like hats, right? And I'm, I'm partially waiting. I was like, man, I might just keep this one. I might have to buy a different one. It's so fly. But no, nah, like we're going to randomly give that away. We got some cool decals we're going to give out. And like, uh, like CK said, uh, this isn't about making money because it's not a, 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 a tremendous amount, but the small stuff does help. Like my computer's dying. Like I'm, I got a new computer coming tomorrow uh, and not that it was paid for. I mean, paying for it on PayPal credit, but uh, tremendous stuff. And it's awesome to see that support. You get your emojis, you get your cool little loyalty badge. Uh, there's ways to donate to the show, but the best way to do it is smash that thumbs up button. Subscribe. We, uh, kind of struggled to get to the Mount Everest of 4,000 subs. And now I feel like I'm ready to set the sights on 5K and not turn back, man. Uh, so a lot, Let's of do cool it. Stuff, a lot of cool stuff happening here at C3. And I think that the excitement is palpable when it yeah. comes to the Carolina Panthers. What else we got to talk about, Cody? Yeah, so next up, and, and look, uh, this is um let me make sure I didn't didn't skip here. Yeah. Dennis Daly. So, we traded Dennis Daly away, which you know what? I don't love oh, yeah, this. I don't love I don't love I, I like when I say I don't love this is Dennis Daly. I like Dennis Daly as a player. I'm pretty sure it was Dennis Daly who mauled that uh guy who came after C three uh, after C Mac in the um in the New England practice, remember the guy, remember the player that fell over onto a New England woman? They're like, oh my God, she hurt her foot. I think that was Dennis Daly that roughed that dude up and like ma mauled him. But you guys were talking about how excited you were and how impressed you were with Scott Fitter. Someone brought this up to me. I thought this was a good point. He's in the end of his rookie deal. And it's like now you either, you could cut him and have nothing for him. You cannot pay him, right? Like, I mean, maybe he's not a plan in the future and he just could be a this year only, or you can acquire some assets going forward, which you can then move around and do things like this Chenault player or whoever else. So incredible, incredible stuff there. Um, or I, I mean, not incredible, but like, I like Dennis Daly as a player. I thought he was like one of those guys that was like kind of a dark, dark horse that always played above his station. Um, but Fitterer doing his thing. Um, Fitterer, uh, even this, and before we move on too far to the to the cuts, is there was a little blowback that came up today about people saying uh, shopping versus fielding calls, Cody, when it comes to uh, Terrace Marshall Jr. and Robbie Anderson. Natalie Miller, who has not only been on the show, uh, but also a support, you know, like a part of the 
Panthers community and reporters, and we know that she ha- knows someone in the in some sort of administrative capacity in the NFL, and we're pretty sure that they're involved with the Panthers. So she has some sort of distant sourcing, maybe not direct, but something. You know, it's not made up. Uh, and then also someone and she's who's, been right a bunch before. Like she has, yeah. she was right on Baker. She was right on a lot mm-hmm. of different things. Yeah. And then you also have somebody whose stock is first fan favorite among a lot of people, and that is uh help me out. Uh um oh gosh, why is it coming? Va- who do you mean? Vash, who's the one that runs it? Not Vashti. Uh Sheena. Sheena. And she's on TV now. She's like her stock has been soaring for a long time among Panther fans and reporters, like kind of like an independent reporter. Uh, they kind of I won't say had a back and forth, but you could tell that Sheena Quick's comment was in reaction to this tweet. Yeah. So Natalie Miller at Nat underscore NFL draft said per source, Panthers have fielded trade calls for both Robbie Anderson and Terrace Marshall Jr. You got Sheena's tweet? That we can yeah, close it with. Yeah. So this comes up. People are starting to talk about it. We know Terrace Marshall Jr.'s name in the headlines. We know Robbie Anderson, who actually seems to be very much part of the Carolinas' offensive plan. I cannot believe that that's an active conversation. But then Sheena Quick puts yeah. this out not long after. Per league source, the Panthers are not shopping Robbie Anderson nor Terrace Marshall Jr. So this kind of back and forth comes today on cut day. Um and I think that the verbs are important here to look at. Can both of these tweets be true? I think so. Well, if you're a fitterer who has famously said in on every deal, I mean, you're going to listen to any call that you receive. It doesn't mean that you're willing to entertain them. But if you have someone who's willing to give you some draft capital, you know, at least see what the deal is. But I agree with you, Tony, and I've said this for a long time now. Regardless of whatever you think about Robbie Anderson, I genuinely feel that we have not seen the best out of him for the same reason why we haven't truly seen the best out of any of our receivers is because we haven't had the quarterback to be able to reliably get him the ball. So if we do have that in Baker Mayfield, I think Robbie Anderson is going to be a very big part of what we want to do identity-wise as an offense. Take what would we teams. be without him? Think about that. It's like, what would the team be without him? And, but I think about the play-action pass. That's one of Baker Mayfield's biggest strengths. Threatening to run the ball with Christian McCaffrey or LaVishka Chenault and, and uh, throw it over top to Robbie Anderson going deep. Uh, I mean, that's the stuff of dreams, man. If you're building your offense, you have a Robbie Anderson four plays like that. And I really don't think that there's anyone who quite takes the top off of our defense like Robbie Anderson does. DJ, sure, but they also use DJ across the middle a lot because of his uh, yards after catch ability. It's not that you can't replace a Robbie Anderson entirely, like he's ir- but like, would you upgrade by getting, like, unless it's a player player trade where you get a better player? you're downgrading for the moment for something else, you know? And so I think that right now, Robbie Anderson's an asset to this team, unless you're looking long-term vision and you're worried about that contract. Yep. Uh, And by the way, before we go forward, CK, uh, we've got some business to attend to, man. 
And when I say yeah. business, I mean literal business, baby. We got members. Yes, we do. I would like to personally welcome three new members into the C3 Super Fan Club. That is Skunk 8 Mysteries. Jason and Cody C13. Welcome into the club. Keep pounding. Keep we pounding, you. baby. Wonderful stuff there. Uh, I cannot tell you how impressed I have been by um the the community that has been developing in the background and this isn't because of us man this is in spite of us man the people uh in the chat the people that call in by the way we have the cat calls line later on tonight the number is 252-228-5098 we want to hear your thoughts on uh the baker mayfield comments in the story that i've got so much to talk about we got to tease that baker mayfield blowing up the internet today baker doing baker oh, yeah. things according to some people according to my mind it's a nothing burger story that i'm ready to make into our story for the season that's the cub we've got the cuts we've got zane gonzalez's injury we've got uh trades that have been happening we want your thoughts fans 252-228-5098 thank you so much for stepping on that light bucket button jumping around on that thumbs up subscribing checking us out on instagram tiktok and guess what the podcast if you can't watch us on youtube you can listen to it on itunes tune in stitcher wherever you get your podcast small things go a long way in this world like share subscribe tell a friend be a friend tell a friend as pat mcafee and them say what we got next yeah, so we're boys, talking about the cuts. We're talking about the cuts, right? We got the roster. Pull that roster. But yeah, let's talk about everyone that made the team. The final... Was there a surprise? There's only one surprise today. Well, I mean, let's go ahead and uh, and sparse through this, man. And by the way, I love this comment. Listen to my man, Drew. C3 isn't just a podcast. C3 is a family. You already know, man. Hey, we love everybody that comes through here. This is a fan-first podcast. For the fans, by the fans, this is your show. Be a part of it. Um, yeah, so let's jump into it, boys. Apologies if this is a little bit hard to see. Um, no, it's but, perfect. I can read it. Yeah, what, what, what are some of the uh, – are there any surprises on this list other than the obvious fact that the Panthers are uh, in desperate need of a field goal kicker? I have been um, – Mitch, we'll talk guess, about later. I've been consistent – in my position about out of out of the 10 years, nine years, we've been doing training camps and cuts. The first year we did this podcast was after the season started, like week three, four, something like that. I've been consistent in saying this. I can't remember a year where the roster felt as more sa- as sound, not sound as in like, oh, it's going to be awesome, but where the position groups and the people who were believed to be the starters and the people we wanted to contribute and where they wanted to contribute was as clear as this. In all of the past camps, we've had our we've had some linchpins. We've had Cam Newtons. We've had Luke Keekleys. We've had Thomas Davis's guys that we knew were going to be the core of our team. But we were always counting on some weird player like a Russell Shepard to contribute on this team. And like we think that there's going to be a battle. We need to see some one of these safeties step up. I feel like this entire there's not one there's only one surprising cut on this entire list is I was I was surprised Justin Burris was cut. Justin Burris was a player that played for us in the past. 
He had a relatively decent time with um, Phil Snow. A little bit of injury. They let walk, but then they go back and signed him this offseason to a inexpensive deal, a veteran present, presence and safety. That's the only surprise here to me is that who else? Who else? Who was cut that anybody thought should have made the roster? I think this roster, may, whether you like it or you dislike it, whether you love it or you don't, I think it was pretty clear that this is what it was going to look like from yeah. beginning to end. Yeah, this is if I if you had told me to create a 53 man roster, um, this would have been very similar to what I would have had. Uh, the real question becomes who is getting cut when we add the kicker? Cam Irvin. You think so? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. that's a great question. It's who is it? Who would because, it be? I mean, when you look at offensive line, right? We have we have w- one person listed as yeah, center. No, really, Pat F line can can play both. Um, so he would be Only the backup eight, center, right? So or nine. I mean, well, I mean, we have total nine offensive linemen, which means there's not even a full rotate. We don't even have a first and a second right. string of every position. We're thin. We're thin. So I don't know that we would be able to just cut Cam Irving right. or any. I mean, outside of maybe going and getting somebody else, like seven honestly, receivers. It's a honestly, receiver, dude. The only the only one that I could see is McCall. The defensive tackle. Uh, mm. Although he, uh, he did play game. very good in that preseason game. Six McCall defensive was... tackles is a lot. Seven receivers is a shit ton, bro. Yeah, but we the never thing is, run, is they're adding people. And that's, seven. I don't understand why. Like, at this point, other than fielding for trades, getting rid of Robbie, I could see Robbie being the odd man out here. What? I could be. I could. I'm not saying he's going to get cut, but I could see him being the odd man out. It's got to be Shy Smith. No. Shy Smith had way squad. too good of a camp. Yeah, Shy Smith is not the odd man out. Whoa, what the yes. heck Yeah, unless you're going to play him week to week. Yeah, unless he is. going to be a real part about it. He's going to take, he's gonna take reps and get away from TMJ. Man, we need him for that return game. Yeah, I think Shy Smith is uh, – I think he continuously underestimated this man. Hey, but real quick, let me welcome someone into the show. You know him and love him. Oh, look, oh, dude. Oh, literally, every time, this it must be a phone every, thing. Every time I give a great intro, they, something happens where they, they oh, share it off. Oh, let's try it again. We'll try it one more time. You one know him time. and love him. The sad daddy, the bad daddy. Greg, what's going on, brother? Man, I'm all about messing up your intros, dude. I heard you call me in, and then I hit the wrong button, and it sent me right out, and I was like, damn. Ah, Not no. used to this on the phone. So, what's <laughs> going on, fellas? Hey, real quick, uh, sorry, I'm just joining in, but I just wanted to thank everybody out there who knows what's going on with me that sent me their love and appreciation. I really do appreciate it. Sorry I couldn't be here right, you know, right on time, and I may not be here all night, but I'm definitely here for C3 Panther family because, man, this is, this is more than just a podcast, you know? This is life. All right. Yeah, man. Right, uh, man. Uh, gonna... Drew said it earlier. More than a podcast, it's a family. That's it. And uh, C three is about that. Is like we talk to each other. Uh, here's a cool story for you guys. Is um, I saw that, and Lynn Leonhart will, know, Lynn Leonhart will know this. This guy, a guy named Steve Daner. Uh, it was his birthday two days ago, and he was my first follower on Twitter. I sent him a happy birthday message and I said, bro, 
you're the first C3 fan. I love you. Happy birthday. Think about that, man. I like, and this is nine, 10 years later. I remember it's Chocolate Wonderland and Steve Daner, the one and the two, one, Steve, Chocolate Wonderland, two. And those guys supported us so hard for so long. They still do more than a podcast. It's a family. Greg, we hope your family is doing well. That's all I can say. Or not all I can say. I can say more, but I mean, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, um, great wife, you're frozen. He is frozen. He's frozen. He He's fro- you know what? Our love for him froze him in time. All right. Um, he'll be back, though. He'll be back. Uh, you don't think Shy Smith, like, I mean, what are you going to do? You, it can't be Andre Roberts. We just went out and got him just specifically for the kickoff game. I mean, yeah, I, he's not. Look, listen, Shy Smith has done nothing but impress. To the point where I, I genuinely feel, and I think CK would agree with me, he's going to be on the field a lot this year. 100%. I mean, he has great speed, great long, uh, you know, downfield ability, yards after the catch. I, I just really think that Shai Smith has flashed how special he has the potential to be. So I, I really don't think he's an odd man out. Um, uh, I, I especially think a lot of those – Goal line situations, they're gonna Goal have a line. heavy intention. Yeah, man, just because for the speed, it, you're what? gonna have your big guys, but then you're gonna have those guys that can sneak in on those slant routes. I think Dude, Shy is going you. to. I think he's going to play the Curtis Samuel role in this offense. Yeah, I, I thought that was Chenault's job. Is to no Chenault is a big body. Um, I mean, I think he could. He, he's going to be. I think he's going to be a good uh, a good wide receiver. Honestly, I don't know how much Chenault sees the field this year. If we if we have the roster we do now without any moves from our wide receivers room, if he is just if the wide receiver stays the same way that it is today, Chenault isn't. I don't see him beating out the top five guys right now. I think we make Chenault a uh, running back and cut Chuba Hubbard. I I've lost that a couple of Chuba times from this man. I tell you this. As that guy dropped, uh, Greg, do you remember that pass that Baker threw? Do you remember uh, we were talking, yeah. like a lot of people were talking about the Malik Willis joint, mm-hmm. and you said this. You were like, if Chuba catches that, that's the number one throw yeah. on the highlight reel. Uh, Chuba, it's the number one throw without him catching that. Like that throw was right there on the money. You know? <laughs> yeah, it was. And it's so funny because Baker haters today, I heard them like, you can tell who are just straight haters. Like some people are saying, well, that's just a bad read and a terrible throw and he got lucky. No, nah, it looked like he put it right in the right spot to me. Like like, like in the absolute perfect spot. Like maybe it was ill-advised, but if you can pull it off, do it. And he did. Chuba just couldn't complete the whole thing, you know? Yeah. But I thought it was amazing. It's like such a good throw. You question if it is a good throw. Right. You know, like it was it too dangerous because he – but that actually is what the NFL is. It's like three inches, you know. Oh it's yeah, the difference. It's the difference right there. All right, Cody, take us along in this continued uh, discussion about this. Well, I need you to cover me for one sec. But Greg, okay. uh, I, I don't know if you can even see it. Did you have any surprises on the fifty-three uh, man roster that uh, no. that you saw, or is this pretty much business as usual? To be honest with you, man, I've been kind of busy. I haven't really seen the 53 man roster this week, but I'm going to, I'm yeah, going to check it all out. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you see the oh, screen? yeah. 
we've got like hey, let's just run through we'll run through all the positions yeah let's do that yeah go ahead. like uh to help right the listeners that can't see it and as well as um uh, anybody else who's just kind of like maybe cleaning their house and watching or listening in the background uh quarterback i tell you this as i said earlier guys that the that, that this um entire roster felt as more entrenched the most entrenched i've felt in the entire time that i've been covering this team as closely as we have through this podcast and ironically i say that when um when at the same time uh the biggest question mark came at quarterback right it's like is that this was so entrenched but we had this big giant battle at least or that that's what they told us baker mayfield and sam darnold Matt Corral getting hurt kind of makes it an easier discussion. Uh, Matt Corral's moved to injured reserve. You know that Baker May- Sam Darnold hurt now too. It's Baker Mayfield and PJ Walker, and you got to keep Sam Darnold around. So, uh, strangely, what was the most controversial position group makes sense now. Running back Christian McCaffrey, Chuba Hubbard, Dante Foreman. I think this is. I'd rather, if anything, that bothers me here. I want to just move Foreman's name ahead of Hub- uh, Hubbard. Um, I knew this team wasn't going to cut cut Chuba Hubbard. They they like him too much personally to admit they're wrong just yet, unless they really see Lavisca Chenault yeah. kind of stepping into that role. The wide receiver room is busy, though, guys. Busy. It's it's crowded, and I did a couple of stories in the past about like um, like kind of forecasting these fifty three man rosters and looking at the history of the Carolina Panthers and there's only been like three times in 20 years CK that we've kept seven receipt active receivers yeah and I, I'd bet that at least both of those times you said two times how many times I mean I'm uh it's been uh it's been a while since I did the story but I want to say there's been three times so and I would guarantee like 18 years of checking it out. The only reason we kept seven was because one of them was the returner. Yeah. In the past, actually, the only time we had it is we had real concern. Like we didn't know who our number two was. Like, yeah. I mean, it was like a couple of starving times. Oh, baby, going to bed. All right. Here my little daughter going to say good night. Good night, baby. School night. You know, It's late. Get to bed. Um so the but like we just didn't know who our receiving core was that year. Yeah. Um and like you said this year it is a sort of um it is like a, maybe this is because it's special teams. But man, I just have a hard time saying that Higgins isn't going to be and let me get this comment down so we can see your beautiful mug. Um I just have a hard time with like what has Higgins done to not deserve making this team. Oh, he's going to make the team. Higgins isn't, there's not a chance in hell Higgins isn't on this squad and come this season. I think, I think there's a a few people that I think are, um, are guaranteed uh, a spot on this, on this 53 man roster come the start of the season. Um, And I think uh, Chanel obviously is going to be on that list since we traded for him. Um, Smith, uh, Shai Smith, Andre Roberts is a question mark, I think. Uh, DJ Moore um, and Rashard Higgins. I think Terrace Marshall Jr., Andre Roberts, and Robbie Anderson are 
potential candidates for trade uh, or release before the beginning of the year? Um, we're going to come back to this comment. And we're going to really have to come back to Donald Duck's comment, how he thinks he found David Tepper's Twitter handle. Which, oh, I didn't know you were putting that up for a reason. I'll put it back. My ice up pick is going to be... F- I got a big problem with his comments, dude. A giant problem. And the sycophant color analyst... Because we were doing that, uh, the game, we were watching along, so we didn't get to listen. I wasn't listening to the audio as closely, but I went back and looked... Not a fan of of this comments, and my mom's from Queens. And I'm ready to call this carpet bagger out. Good lord! Um, uh-huh. All right, so Higgins is that, maybe here. Is should we be looking to this tight end room for some changes? Uh, it's hard to run with just three tight ends. It really is in like special mm-hmm. packages, like field goal kicks and things like this. But. Um, could Giovanni Ricci be a full bond, fullback? That's what he was originally. Yeah, and that's but like, who uses a Giovanni fullback? Um, they don't I, use that a lot in the NFL anymore. We right. did in 2015, whenever we were uh, 15 yeah, and one. True. true, we had Cam though. But the, the again, that's the, the the offenses of the NFL have have adjusted, and and I think that's why you're seeing a difference there. Um, you know why there's not many fullbacks in the league anymore, but. I think that's why there are four people uh, in the tight end room uh, because of number one, I think that Ian Thomas brings a big upside from a pass block or they from love a, uh, run blocking and everything uh, and pass they blocking. They love him too. Oh yeah, it, clearly. I mean, the, the 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 contract that he was given this offseason alludes to that. Um, I think uh, I think uh, I think we the tight ends room is pretty set outside of maybe. Uh, getting rid of one and to replace with many of the tight ends that are on the blo- that are out there now available uh, from uh, Th- Thaddeus, Thaddeus Moss to uh, OJ Howard to Eric Ebron. I mean, there's a lot of people, unless some of these people have been picked up since the cuts happened, which very well could have happened. I haven't been on the uh, Twitter watching that, uh, you know, ticker go across, but um yeah, I mean, I, I think our tight end room, outside of adding somebody and then releasing one of these four guys, I, I think it's pretty well set. Guys, we still have a lot to talk about. Um, controversy strikes Carolina and Cleveland. Cleveland's salty feelings and salty tears. And I got a lot of fans of uh, Cleveland Brown fans that are my uh, that we've made friends. Don't worry, we're going to come back to it. Just not, Yeah, let's tease it out here. We're going to get to this in just a minute. Controversy strikes as Baker Mayfield says, I'm going to bleep them up um, in week one. I've got an argument that this is a, that, first of all, I'm behind, behind Baker. He better double down on this. I don't even, I'm not even as mad at this Cynthia Freeland people as, as some high horsers have been today. So we get back to these 53 man cuts. Look, the offensive line um, is not fat enough to make a lot of cuts. This is what you guys brought up earlier is like, really, is that like you could look at a player here that you might not love, but is there really enough fat to trim? We trimmed a lot of fat today when we cut Cody's guy, Deontay Brown. He was fat. He couldn't cut his weight, so he got cut. Look at this, Cody Lashney. I'll give you the mic and kind of try to segue this so we don't have to go through every single player, every position group. Your thoughts on Deontay Brown and... Where is the fat on this roster? Because we need a kicker. Someone has to go. 
Someone has to go, which is not surprising. There's still movement. You just had to get a 53 to appease the league right now. It's not over. You're watching the waivers. You're watching other teams' cuts. We're trying to figure out what our kicking situation is. But if we add a kicker, we got to cut somebody. Uh, Julian Stanford, an injured reserve. Do you move somebody else over there? I don't know. Is it someone like, I don't know. Where do you see the fat? And uh, what do you think about your fat boy getting cut? Well, first, let me say RIP to my man, Deontay Brown. Pour a little out for my man. Uh, listen, I feel like he's basically uh, a lot of unrealized potential. I feel like there are some people who play heavier than others. And I think he was naturally a bigger man. And I think that because of that, the Panthers never really gave him an opportunity to be a big, powerful offensive lineman up front. I hope him, I hope they, you know, is able to make a team. Maybe we'll be able to put him on the practice squad. I'm just hoping that it isn't another Harrison Butker, man. I would hate to see a talented player go out the door, uh, you know, for no reason, essentially. Um, so, yeah, I'm disappointed, man. I felt like Deontay Brown would have been a good player. But I'm telling you, man, Andre Roberts, and I think Sit uh, Kane mentioned it earlier, if I'm having to move one player to bring a, a kicker on the foot on the football team, Andre Roberts is probably the odd man out. I don't wow. know who else it Pro would be. Bowl returner. Wow. Man. Who, who else? Who else? Hmm. I don't know. Let me see. I don't know. Um is it somebody in this linebacker group? I don't know. Uh, maybe he was on to something with this defensive tackle group's a little fat. Stanford, maybe? It's the defensive tackle group is a little fat, man. You might have yeah. to be down to five defensive tackles. A defensive tackle doesn't play great on special teams, so they ha- kind of have a limited skill set. They're rotational. You're probably thinking Bravion Roy or McCall. Yeah. Or Hoskins. Hoskins, I Roy, I just want to know, is, is is the depth so deep on defensive tackle because you're rotating players out that much? Or is it just for injury purposes? Because that is – I mean, you only play two, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you should scenario, rotate you have a backup two in, one. right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, how many are really going to dress a week? Uh, exactly. And even so, like, does that mean that you're not playing your starting defensive tackles, like, more than like 60, 70% of the snaps, you should be. But if you're yeah. not, then I guess you would need that many. By the yeah. way, uh, shout out to Bobby Pay. Says uh, for the $2 that Sullivan might not even dress out. That That's a good one, yeah. too. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's there's a few people on this list that are, are eligible, you know, that don't necessarily mean a ton. Like uh, Shot Smith. No, but dude, they said that that's the yes. main piece for offense, baby. That's one of the main pieces. Man, we could have said that about Demir Bird. No, you keep on making this prepare this comparison. Shy Smith is balled money. out in the preseason. How about this? Is Demir ah. Bird put down twice as much productivity and tape than Shy Smith did every single year in preseason? Demir Bird go out there and rock like two touchdowns in one game in a preseason, be like blasting mugs. And then, you know what? And never play. 
So, like, I know that we're latching on to him. Y'all love him. And this, but is he really going to dress? Look, I think Terrace Marshall Jr., I, I will say this, is Terrace Marshall Jr. won't get a hat right now. Uh, yeah, he's been far more impressive than TMJ. I mean, that's that's hands down. You know, he's well, been we could have said that about Demir Bird or Devin Funches before, you know. But I'm, I would say this, is that Terrace Marshall Jr. is not going to get a hat on Sunday at this point. Shy Smith also might be a guy that would just be one of those dudes that like, hey, man, we like him a lot, but we're not ready to go with him over this guy. He's going to have to do this. I mean, all I have to do is this is I'm going to have to see this is that we're going to have to see Shy Smith be very successful in the return game, both punt or kickoff to supersede Andre Roberts. But the good news is we haven't heard Roberts name in a receiver capacity at all. We have basically just been calling on him to be a return man. So if Shai Smith can show that he can be a consistent return man, either on kickoffs or punts, that would be enough to get him the hat. But I don't know if I've watched these preseason games and go, you know what? I feel great about Shai Smith. I mean, I just don't remember Shai Smith returning. Not well, that he was not bad. Even, it's not even just the preseason games. It's all throughout training camp. All of our beat reporters have said that Shai Smith continues to make crazy play after crazy play. But that's receiving um, capacity. But they're not going to start him over somebody else. He no, has but I think, he's, I think he's done enough to definitely keep his place on the team, though. You know, right. as a receiver, right? I mean, I, I, I feel like he could perform outperform Higgins if he was given the opportunity. I mean, he's I think he's as good as, if not better. Wow, you know. But Higgins I mean, I got to I got to see it against real competition. We want to hear your thoughts. We got to trim a player, guys. We're going to add a kicker. <laughs> um, somebody said uh, I saw a Panther pickle say we don't have to trim a player, but I can't believe that. I feel like we're going to have to, in some capacity, trim one player to get a kicker. Where is the fat on this roster? Is it defensive tackle? Do you see Shai Smith beating down to Andre Roberts because of his ability to be a receiver and a return man at the same time? Where do you see the fat on this roster? But until we get to that, we got to go to the real red meat, Cody, of the Carolina Panthers discussion, the NFL discussion. And you know what? Screw F F all y'all fools on this Baker Mayfield has brought Carolina to a national stage we're I mean and it's this is like a man is I like Baker you know what I think Cody you were not happy about the Baker because you got another re- but is he growing on you a little yeah I mean he's starting to grow on me the only way that he's actually going to truly grow on me is to win football games for the Carolina Panthers. He said 12 That's wins, right? Else. Is 12 nah, wins still the number? 45 touchdowns. Yeah, is 12 wins and 45 touchdowns still the number? Look, I need to see it before I believe it. That's all I'm saying. I I'm just saying, can you give him a little bit, man? Can you give him a little bit? <laughs> I mean, yeah, listen, from, from the very limited sample size that we have seen of him, I have been very impressed with Baker Mayfield. I have not I have no problem saying that. Look, I'm not going to lie. Right track. I thought you had a picture of Trevor Lawrence right there on the screen. I was like, wait a second. This what's is that? not a good look for uh, Cynthia Freeland. <laughs> so you did listen, not catch her in everyone, the best light. We're, we're going to let everyone decide for themselves, right? Because if you don't know, here's a little backstory. 
Cynthia Freeland was covering the Bills. And she ended up passing Baker Mayfield, and they had a very curious interaction. Now, we'll play Can we hear the podcast clip? Yeah, or how yeah, do you yeah. want to handle this? Look, look, how should look, we look. handle it? Should we talk about what happened? Yeah, let's talk about what happened no, today so first. We're gonna we're gonna play both of them. This is what Cynthia Freeland originally said on the Around the NFL podcast, and we're gonna let everyone decide for themselves what she was actually trying to say. Now she would go on to clarify her words after this. And we'll play that, too. First time out, we only have three. Uh, you ran into Baker Mayfield, the former yeah. Browns quarterback, uh-huh. yeah. um, recently. And I <laughs> yeah. was hoping you could share. Love to share. It was after the field, or on the field, after the game against the Bills, this preseason game three. And I walked up to him like, I'm so excited to see you. Like, go, you know, I was like, kick some butt. I didn't say that word, but, you know, <laughs> Kick some butt, kid. Yeah. No, <laughs> I go kick some butt, especially week one. I like cannot wait. And he uses some expletives. And I was like, I just hope you're like, he's like, I'm going to bleep them up. Ooh, like, that's being the Cleveland Browns, that, the week yeah, one opponent. That, that's our week one Carolina opponent. Depending on who's listening to this, and it's not four people, like that could be a headline uh, across the nation tomorrow because he's not said that publicly the same way. I'm going to f- could be. Is that what his quote was? Was that what the quote was? <laughs> I don't say curse words on air. I don't want to get trouble. And look, you can tell they're trying to get her to confirm what she just said, right? They're like, oh, wait, is, did you did you really just, just say that? Listen to him at the end. I'm going to f*** them up. Is that what his quote was? Was that what the quote was? <laughs> I and look, you can tell on air. Yeah, at that point, show. she realized she was like, oh, shit. Huh? I yeah. have said this. I, hey, man, I want a quarterback like, who I thinks really like that, to be honest with you, man. I love that. That's that's the moxie that I want in my quarterback. Tell him, you know? Greg. And, and, and hey, real quick, before I go even further, let me just say, I'm sorry. Baker Mayfield's wife is beautiful, and I didn't mean to insult by that by saying, was that Trevor Lawrence? I meant, I'm more meant to insult That's Trevor not his Lawrence, wife. But, no, nah, that oh, was that wife? reporter. That's not no, Baker that's Oh, that was the reporter. Okay, okay, yeah, I got that, you. I got that, you. I got that's, you. That's, okay, well, his wife is beautiful. So I don't want to insult the reporter either. I was just making a joke about Trevor Lawrence because he looks like a female. But Well, the entire <laughs> internet. I picked entire, up on that one, Greg. Oh, yeah. Uh, the entire internet uh, destroyed Cynthia Freeland today. And um, I think one of the things is this. And I don't know how far you want to go into it before I say my real rant on this. Well, Cody. let's let's play the other clip of the backtrack. I don't want to yeah, hear the no, backtrack. Yeah, we have to yeah. play everything, man. We have to play it. So wait, 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 wait. Well, you got to set it up to... before you say that. Before you tell people what happened, like we got to give them the twelve hours that happened in between. So this in around the NFL podcast comes out. This reporter. Yeah who runs into Baker Mayfield, who has some sort of past with him, covering him in the past, right? Knows him enough to come. And she says in that clip, she said, are you going to kick some ass this year? Are you going to kick their ass? And I understand people not remember the exact words you say, but she clearly ushered the conversation in a certain direction, right? Um, And then, so she gets this comment back, but then... Over the this morning, the entire day was spent with mainstream media. Even look at the name of our podcast. I will not. I mean, w- there's a reason we titled it this, right? Because it will get 
it like that is what people are talking about right now that like we're a small time small potatoes place that's just trying to find algorithms like and not overly but you've got bleacher report running with this you've got espn running with this and the whole headline baker mayfield is going to says he's going to f up the cleveland browns and then really the big deal is not just the media or not the big deal that's the media handling it but also the cleveland fan base Really, that side that is anti-Baker, or at least trying to find a different way to move on from Baker, really latched on to this, too. So this becomes the juice of the morning, right? I mean, like, really, from 8 this morning to 1 p.m., this is the story. I'd like to see, I can't wait to see when you play this, if we can see it. Look for the timestamp. Because she took a drumming from the internet uh, about these comments. Yeah, so this was at 1226. noon. Just by the time that this was posted on Twitter. So that means she had already been on a podcast before that, maybe like 30 minutes to an hour ago. So, again, this became a big-time story. And then Cynthia Freeland kind of goes on this podcast the ultimate Cleveland sports show, and then kind of attempts to walk back the things that she said. By damage control. Say, it's yeah, damage that, control for that, that her she and Baker. Baited him, that she kind of baited him into saying that. So this is her response. So, all that happened was I shouldn't, have ex- I shouldn't have shared a private conversation, although I stand by the fact that I'm pro Baker. I hope he succeeds. I hope he has a great career in Carolina. I walked up to him after the game. He looked great. Everything was, you know, like he looked like he's, he's happy. He's like having fun, God forbid. And I'm like, I hope you have a great season. I used some exclusive, like F them up. Like I know Baker's spicy and you know, he's been spicy his whole career, but dating back to college. So, you know, I said that and then he just kind of agreed with me and we were just, and I said, you know, started off strong go and and in fairness like as a woman in especially in the media like i would like him to beat his old team for a lot of reasons but not least which is it feels like you know a poetic story you see a lot of athletes face their former teams and you're like go show them that they were wrong like you know get out there and be positive there's nothing negative so let me ask you this i'm a little i'm a little confused so is he the one that started the f them up or did you say f them up and he co-signed it the, I said this entire season, so not just the Browns, the entire season. Right. I said, go out there and kick some butt and F them up, like okay. cleaning everyone. I said, start it off strong week one. I can't wait to see you out there week one. It was not that nefarious at all. It was all pro Baker. And I shared it because I'm pro Baker, and I'm, I want everyone to succeed. Mm-hmm. I want everyone to get a second chance. I want everyone in life to get a fair shake. It was just this being blown way out of proportion, and it's frustrating because – you know, it's like people are being like, you're not professional. And you're right. I shouldn't have shared a, a private conversation, but I was sharing like excitement for a person who sure. is in a much better space, who looks great, who's, have, who he, he, he's in good form. I chose to share it. I shouldn't have shared it. I, I mean, that, that, okay. I shouldn't have shared it. All right. So that's it. That's the clip. Boys, let's sparse through this. What do we make of this? Did Baker Mayfield, did it ever come out of his mouth? Yeah, we're going to fuck them up. Did he yes. actually say that? Yes. Yes. 
I don't he think said, he I'm said it about the Browns. Browns. I think he did say it, but I don't think he said he's, I don't think he's necessarily like it, the way I look at this is odds are this was a very quick interaction between Cynthia Freeland and, and Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, when he's, and these are all cordial things, when somebody tells you, hey man, go have a gut, have a fucking day. All right, man, I'm going to go have a, I'm going to, I will, man. I'm going to go fuck him up. Yeah, I'm going to go fuck it up, dude. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's, that's like that's kind of what I gather was the way this interaction would have taken place. Um, again, that's not any nobody knows what really happened, and honestly, it's irrelevant. The only people blowing this up are the media who are trying to create a story out of it. Yes, um, and uh, and also other journalists who want a hi hat life and be like, oh, she's like like a piece of shit and this and that. And then Cleveland, there's three groups of people that are exploit, or maybe four, because you could throw us in there too, because we're talking about it and putting it in our title. There are the people, maybe we put us in the first group, that are profiteering from the headline, right? Right. Then you get the hi-hat journalist or fans that are like, she should have journalistic integrity. Right. And then you get the Cleveland Browns butthurt people who are upset about this. I don't think she I think this. I think the backtrack story is the lie. I think that the first story is closer to the truth. I think she went and saw him on the sideline. She bumped in. She was like, man, you looking good. You ready to you ready to kick their ass on in week one? I know you. And he goes, yeah, I'm going to fuck them up. I don't think, you know what? If I'm Baker Mayfield, I'm going to the podium. This is what I'm asking you, Baker, to do. Go to the podium and double down on this. Triple down on this. Don't cower. Don't be like I'm a gentleman at this point. You didn't say anything that was out of line at all. I say that. When we get on the podcast and we go in there, if I was going to be in this, that's what I would say. I don't want no wussy, pussy-ass quarterback being like, I hope we do our best. I hope Miles Garrett don't fucking beat me in my head. I'm saying this. is hell yeah, I'm ready to go do this. I feel good. I look good. And you know what? I'm at the point, too. I'm not even hating on Cynthia Freeland. I promise you this. I know people are like, I do believe she could have related this story more diplomatically. I think she could have kind of gotten the essence of the mm-hmm. confidence of Baker Mayfield, the excitement to succeed in a different landscape. Those are ultimately the storylines of what that quote means. Not like I hate Cleveland. He loves Cleveland. He's been so nice to those people, man. He's done everything right. I think people like to trash on people because it's easy. And you come out and you say, Cynthia Freeland, you sucked. You're not a good journalist. You're a fucking pretty white girl who's using your pretty white girl stuff to do all your stuff. And I would say this is like, you know what? These are the kind of candid conversations we all want. And the only thing, I mean, I don't say the only thing because I haven't thought about it enough to say the only thing she's guilty of is we just know the Internet's going to fucking win. And twist. So, like, there is really, that's the whole reason she shouldn't have said it because she can't control it once it's out there. But we really want that. If we, if, if Baker Mayfield came on here and we said this, he came on our podcast and we were like, you ready to go fucking win this game? Do you want him to be like, well, I hope we uh, do our best and we prepare? Nah, I'd be like this. I'm in Carolina ready to win for you fans. Let's fuck these bitches up. I would be like, yes. So I'm telling you, 
Baker Mayfield, don't back away. Baker Mayfield, come to Cynthia Freeland's back right now. And y'all people that are like journalistic integrity, fuck y'all, y'all, man. There ain't no journalistic integrity no, or any time. There never was. Where is it? The New York Times? Nope. Fox News? Nope. Where is the journalistic integrity in the world? This was a just an insight into an emotional moment. And I think we as listeners need to, to, to extract. It's our job to learn the context of these comments and not let the media brain control us on this shit. Oh, listen, let me tell you, as someone who has not been a big believer in Baker, if Baker came to the podium and fucking doubled down, like, yeah, man, I meant what I I said and I said what I meant. Dude, that would go a long way in showing me that Baker Mayfield is ride or die. And by the way, it's not that I doubt his tenacity. You know, I, I I have no doubt in my mind that he did say something like this. It sounds like a very Baker Mayfield thing to say. I do hope that he doubles down. I know that he's not going to. He's going to continue to go the corporate route and mind his P's and Q's and the, the media trained response. That's what, you know, he'll do as he continues to try and public publicly ingratiate himself to the Panthers fan base. But yeah, I mean, part of the reason why anyone loves Baker Bayfield is because of that right there, man. The bravado. If you don't believe in yourself, then why who else does? Believe in you? Who else does? If you don't believe in yourself, then why should I believe in you? Right. I, I do like that about Baker Bayfield. He does have an unparalleled belief in himself. And I'm loving that, man. I'm pulling for dude. I want him to be successful. I want to see him prove it first, but I do like the the attitude and the edge that Breaker Mayfield brings to the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. And, you know, I don't like to make the Cam Newton comparison because people do it oftentimes for the wrong reasons. I've been telling you. But I've, I've been Baker, telling you. Baker Mayfield has that same kind of hot button, everything that he says and does is a story type of vibe that Cam Newton has. And I'm not going to lie, man, going from Teddy Bridgewater to Sam Darnold, yeah, it's a breath of fresh air to have a quarterback with some big, hairy-ass balls. Would you consider yeah. the landscape? Get in there, get in there, CK, because I still got more to say, and I need your opinion. I got to calm down. Well... Let's uh, let's talk about something real quick. So first and foremost, as you guys know, uh, we said it at the very beginning. We have a brand new sponsor. Uh, support for the C3 Panthers podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Who is the best men's below the waist grooming? Uh, who has the who is the best in men's below the waist grooming? Their products are precision engineered tools for your family family jewels. Manscaped performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Over, join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with the exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code PANTHERS. Super easy, super simple, especially if you're watching this. Odds are you're a Panthers fan. You can go to manscaped.com. If my math's correct, that's about 12 million balls. Now, a couple things. Number one, I've been a big fan of this myself. I don't have mine in front of me because, uh, you know, it's my personal use and it's in my bathroom. But... I will tell you this much. It's incredible. And for somebody who's always been afraid 
to groom down there because of the Knicks and stuff. It's been a lifesaver for me. So it's something I encourage you guys to go check out. They have a lot of things in that performance package um, along like such as ball deodorants, refreshers. If you're having a bad day, you get the, got that swampy stuff down there. You got some, uh, some stuff to help spruce it up. Some refresher, if you will, reviver, I think is what they call it. Um, and uh, that's actually something that has helped me get through the day and not feel so worried about what uh, what's going on down below the belt. Uh, but yeah, go to uh, manscaped.com, insert that code PANTHERS, and you'll get that 20% off and free worldwide shipping, as stated before. And uh, again, C3 Panthers podcast tonight brought to you by Manscaped. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, tell us about this. You know what? Baker Mayfield, I bet you he would not be scared to fucking manscape. Hey, what do you think about this? Is this a nothing story, Cody? Is CK? Is this a nothing story? Is this a story? Is this a and and should Cleveland be all? I, if for anything, what makes me mad about this is like every time I see these like local Cleveland shows, like that guy just looked like a guy. He like he didn't know what the hell. He's like, what should we think about this? And then there's yeah, like, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I have not been. Uh, I don't know what we think about the Cleveland media and stuff like that, but honestly, I think the Cleveland media are, is it's a tough situation. So I have a buddy, I have a few buddies that are, uh, that live in Cleveland area. Um, and I don't think anybody knows what their identity is right now. Um, as far as like, whether they're like, it's such a divide between it. You know, the polarization that you had with Cam Newton, this is times 1000, um, it is an absolute shit show. Um, there's a lot of people out there who are not happy, but there's a lot of it's it's so the media, I think, is really trying to find their way about number one, they're going to be using this as clickbait for the next 30 years. Right. Uh, Deshaun Watson, he's not even our quarterback anymore, but he was, <laughs> you know, it's going to be that's going to be their titles and all their YouTube videos. Very similar to our uh, offseason being mainly about Baker. Um yeah, the, the that media, even this that that short clip of uh, may, maybe I'm confused. Like he was clearly trying to catch. Uh, he's basically trying to get some some fodder to try to you know energize this team. And quite honestly, I think they're still going to use this in the uh, in the locker room for the Cleveland Browns, saying Baker Mayfield thinks he's going to fuck you up. You're going to let him go do what that. What do you think their defense is saying? We've heard we heard a. Do you remember the a couple of weeks ago? That that Cleveland, uh, one of the Cleveland podcasts came out and said, we want Miles Garrett to break uh, Baker Mayfield in half. And he goes, oh, I don't really literally mean break him in half. I mean, just get five sacks and smash him with my helmet on top of his head. You know, that type of thing. Like, why are you such a, if you are so mad, oh. Cleveland. Yeah, if you're so mad about this, my whole thing is this, is you upset about Baker Mayfield saying this, but the quarterback you gave $243 million guaranteed has 34 civil lawsuits about sexual misconduct to get him against him. And you want to be like, oh, you shouldn't say this. This isn't cooth. Fuck that, Baker. Get them, bitches. That's what I say. I say go after it, triple down, double down. You should do that, folks. I want a quarterback who will F them up or at least thinks he can. Mm -hmm. Now, at the end of the day, I think this is that this is a nothing 
story. And I know people are upset because this woman has a position of influence that she let this go out. But I really think in the context of it, this is just competitive discussion. And I will, at the end of the day, you guys brought it up. I have been saying this about Cam Newton and Baker Mayfield, the comparison. People don't like when I say, oh, Baker Mayfield is like this. They're polarizing. They're polarizing. They're like Barack Obama, Donald Trump, Baker Mayfield, Cam Newton. The people believe what they want to believe. Mm -hmm. They already have their beliefs formed. They have their beliefs. If you love, if you're a Baker bottom, you're a Baker bottom. Except for Cody Lashley, we might make him a Baker bottom. But if you're a Baker bro, Baker has to be a Baker bottom. Fine, fine. But like most of the time, people are already that, right? You either loved Obama, you're defending Obama, you're attacking him, regardless of the information. You're defending Donald Trump, or you're attacking him, regardless of the evidence. You're defending controversial. You're defending Cam Newton or your, your mind is already made up. Now you're looking for confirmation evidence. And here's the thing is that ultimately this is that people are going to try to come out and say, this is, Oh, Baker being Baker. He hasn't learned anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what? Those people already believe that without this, even if you listen to this in the context of the interview, it is nothing. It is in the middle of a, a, the, the conversation of a game afterwards. How are you going to do? We're going to beat that ass. I say that all the time. If I played you in ping pong, and you know, I was like, I'm about to beat this ass, bro. I mean, it's not like, I mean, like, come on. This is a nothing story. I think that she's even been dragged through the mud too much. If you are upset by this, you are already upset by it before it even happens. I can understand people saying that she should not have let this out because it was off the record. Ultimately, I do. I mean, there's credence to that. Right. Is that now that that's why players don't like to address the media things in like this. But she could have just hid behind the per source crap. She could have just been like Baker Mayfield is is motivated to fuck the Panthers up. I mean, by well, fucking Browns up per source, and then be like, oh. Well, but I also think that she mentioned it, you know, in her second response, or maybe even in her first one. She kind of saw him as a friend, and it, she was speaking to him in a way that wasn't professional, right? That was hey Baker, you know, go and fuck him up, you know, like just but between two friends. And the Baker's probably, yeah, sure, I'll go fuck him up. I do agree with you. I do think largely it's a non-story. However, let's move past all the bullshit. You know that is exactly what Baker Mayfield feels. I mean, it's just like what, what, what you said, Tony. This man was the number one pick in the draft, brought the Browns to the playoffs, was a big part of that, and then they ship him out of town for a guy who literally has one of the worst sexual abuse stories in NFL history, you don't want revenge. Stain, it's going to be a stain on his career, on the Browns, and Baker Mayfield has to be like, you chose that dude over me after everything I did for you. Oh yeah, if you're a Baker, you better be a man possessed. You better want to go out there and throw six touchdown passes or passes like you're fucking Aaron Rodgers and Lambo. Yeah, and I hope he does, man. I don't want anyone to think that just because I want Baker Mayfield to earn my trust, that I'm not pulling for him. Of course I'm pulling for the dude, man. 
I'm definitely pulling for this dude. I want him to be successful. And especially when, you know, stories like this come out, where inevitably I see people that are going to try and paint Baker as one thing, when really it's just a story that's been blown out of proportion. It's like, yeah, of course I'm going to defend that dude. And we all should, because he was definitely taken out of context in what he said and how he said it. Yep. The number is 252-228-5098. That's 252-228-5098. Lynn Leonhardt, I love you so much. And guess what? I'm willing to admit that I am wrong about a lot of things. I am trying to be honest about this. So I'd love to have the opposite opinions on this. This is not a one, not an echo chamber. So if you guys want to call in, if you guys have different opinions about this, I'd love to hear them. And it's in a great way. I welcome the conversation I am just to the point of this is like, I'm tired. Like, you know, is that I think we should have, the only reason you don't say those things is because you're worried about not doing them. You know, is like, I and like, I think Cody just put it fantastic, is whether or not he said it or wanted it to be heard, we know he feels that way. Yeah. And the only reason people are diplomatic, right, and political is because either they're worried about it hurting their bottom line, right? We've seen how that happened. We saw Cam Newton say the routes thing to her, to a female to the female reporter and lose the oikos or whatever the that whatever the Greek yogurt is. I don't like yogurt that much. Oikos, uh, yeah. Uh, but we so you are diplomatic and political because you're worried about your reputation and your bottom line, or you're worried about being wrong. You know, it's like, I mean, and yep. this is the thing. If there's anything that is like the backtrack from the Baker side is only this is what if you don't go out and do this, then it becomes the snake bite. Does it like, did you kick a hornet's nest unnecessarily? But I'm ready for this. I want Baker Mayfield to double down. I understand how this could have been better handled by the reporter, but I think we are trashing people too easy we should be trashing the media and fans or at least this is what i'm trashing i'm not gonna tell y'all what to trash i'm trashing the media and fans for only running with baker mayfield the explicit and not putting it in any context and number two for the fans to not go and just listen to the com the original podcast and make a judgment themselves first before they buy the propaganda of group think so let read this one oh uh, yeah uh, kevin says cody's wrong all the time that's why he has no problem constantly talking because he's used to it. hey see kevin starting awesome. to figure me out a little bit and by the way i wanted to make sure i didn't miss this uh panther gal oh. panther gal 73 with a five dollar super sticker incredible gal. we appreciate that love thank you so much and listen, man, uh, before we go any further, listen, I am fully prepared to be shamed if Baker Mayfield balls out and gets to rub my nose in all the hot takes that I'm going to let live on Twitter and on YouTube, by the way. I'm not changing nothing. If Baker balls out, then, hey, your boy jinxed it into reality. But you know what? Since we're on the topic of shame, Bro, we've got a lot of viewers in here right now. 
And they love to hear us talk about Panther football. But you know what? They also love something else. They love to be shamed by the voice that makes them moist. Be Papa. Talk to these freaks. Well, hello there, freaks. You have stumbled upon the C3 Panthers podcast once again. If you're new here, this is something we do to shame you freaks when you haven't hit that thumbs up button. You've come in here to hear what's going on with the Carolina Panthers, the roster moves, the fact that the C3 Panthers podcast is going places with sponsors, with everything. But you haven't hit that like button yet. I have one thing to say to all you freaks and legends. Subscriber shame. Subscriber shame. 261 viewers. 172 thumbs up. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe for every single time the C3 Panthers podcast goes live. Help us dominate that algorithm. We're putting the algorithm in a headlock, giving him a nookie, putting his head in the toilet, and giving him a swirly to finish it off. That's how we're treating that YouTube algorithm. Hit that like. Hit that subscribe. Tony Dunn, do you have anything else on the agenda you want uh, to get to? We're about, we're about to get to the cat calls. I do want to give a couple of shout-outs to people in the chat room. Uh, Panther Gal, uh, who gave us the super sticker first, I would like to thank you, A, like we uh, like Cody uh, did for the donation, your generosity. But you know what Panther Gal does that I always – she comments on our videos. She's involved in the conversation. So thank you so much for your donation and your generosity, but thank you even more for your time and your input. I'd also like to shout all the people that you see that have joined this the super fan membership. You see the green names going across. Look, you guys make this show what it is. Telling you, um, and even like, uh, look, I want differing perspectives on all of these subjects. I love the fact that half of the time Cody and myself do not agree on half of the world. And it makes, we don't want to live in an echo chamber, but the good news is we live in one giant echo chamber of Panther fans, right? But we just don't want, man, I am ready for these differing opinions, these different perspectives, because this is what this show's about. I think of it as this, it's all jumping in. It used to be us jumping in a car, riding to and from the game. Now, it's so much of a family, so much of a group. We got to jump on a fucking Amtrak cha- train with all of these people that are supporting and contributing this conversation. And the way you can do it, another way you can do it is by calling into the show at 252-228-5098. That's 252-228-5098. Cody, I think we got to go to the cat calls, my friend. So what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty you shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good, like. This is some Jim calling all the way from. Uh, from all the way from the West Coast, but um, I'm calling hey, 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 you some news from one of my good college buddies. He uh, he asked me, "Yo, Gemma, what do you think about Matt Rule possibly coming to Nebraska Cornhuskers?" 
for college football if he gets fired next season. And I never thought about it, but apparently Coach Rule is one is the number one candidate right now for Nebraska uh, for their new head coaching potential, um, their the potential head coaching spot. And it made me wonder: um, Do you guys think Matt Rule might dip out of here? Um, do you think he might? He might be inclined to leave if if we have a shitty start of the season. Um, he's getting paid, and his name is all over college football right now. But what made me wonder is I looked at our schedule, and it looks pretty brutal. We're going to have a brutal first 10 weeks. And if we don't win against the Giants and the Browns, Matt Rule might be gone by week eight. So we might know where this team is going to go by week eight. And what do you guys think? Do you think it's in Matt Rule's best interest to go to college football? And do you think that's going to have an impact on the season going forward? Uh, me personally, I bet he's ready to dip out because he's getting paid by David Tepper regardless. So if he goes to Nebraska, he's going to pull up with $60 million. And, you know, he's going to get all the hype and everyone's going to love him as a college guru. And that might be better for him. And he might be ready to dip out of Charlotte and call this thing the call letter wrap. But I'm calling ahead of the show, so looking forward to what you guys have to say. Uh, looking forward to the show tonight. I'll catch you all here in a few hours. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to see what you had to say uh, to say about that. Matt Rule possibly going to college football be- before the end of the NFL season. But, yeah, thanks, man. Talk to you all soon. Fantastic call. And that's something that we've wondered a lot. You know, what would – uh, Matt Rule do. Uh, I mean, listen, how about this? I'll do something that a lot of people claim I don't do very much. I'm going to give Matt Rule the benefit of the doubt. I think he wants to win. I don't think Matt Rule is here to be a three-and-out head coach and you know have his legacy, his NFL legacy, was in three seasons and having the richest owner in the NFL that was willing to do everything for you that you were not able to have any kind of success. I don't think Matt Rule wants to be a part of that. I think Matt Rule is genuinely trying his best to be a good head coach. Whether or not he's capable remains to be seen. But I do think his heart is in the right place. I think he wants to win football games. However, I will say this. Matt Rule is definitely the kind of person that even if he is to be fired in the NFL, I guarantee you, He is going to have a job in college football, whether it's Nebraska or any of these other um, schools that are constantly in rotation to be looking for a new head coach. And by the way, they might not be wrong in hiring a freshly fired Matt Rule. I think one of the things that we saw with Urban Meyer is just how different it is to coach a college team as opposed to a professional team. And I think that there are some men that are built that are better built for one rather than the other. I don't know. The jury's still out on Matt Rule, I, but I, I do think that he is doing everything in his power to be the best Panthers head coach possible and not looking towards college football. I think that's a great perspective. Is that first of all, is like I, I think you're right. I mean, he doesn't. Who doesn't want to win? Maybe Nick Saban got scared if anything, and just dipped out when he was with the Dolphins and ran for the hills when it came to Alabama, which is strange because he seems like the most stubborn motherfucker in the world. 
I do think, look, it's like if you're a head coach and if you're in the NFL, it's a hard business. It's a hard business in any pro sport. There's a lot of criticism and it comes on a national stage more so than even in college. And, you know, this is part of the job. He's getting paid for it. He's going to be criticized. And it's about how you respond. Do you respond with resolve and this and that? Um, you're right, is he will have a job at in college regardless of what he does. He could go zero or whatever. He's going to have a job somewhere, whether the school's high profile or not. And he is not hurt for money. So he could be, he could choose his pick of the litter. To me, the interesting question is this, is if things did go bad for the Carolina Panthers, when's the time they part ways with Matt Rule? Is it at the after the season? Is it halfway through? If you go, you know what I'm saying? If you start out two and eight, do you throw him to the wayside? I think those are going to be the tougher questions for this Panthers team. But right now I am looking ahead. I, I told you guys, I put out a video a while back is like, it's a, a forgiveness season for me. Grace with Matt rule. Cause he's got a clean slate. He's had one good year, one bad year. Now I want, or I think he had one good year and one bad year. Um, and uh, so look at this. Is a, This is a cool comment. Somebody said, uh, JCVGDE, who I'm a big Jean-Claude Van Damme fan, so I love this guy already. Um, and it says, he said, somebody's gaslighting me on Bleacher Report. Man, what did I do? I can't wait. Can we, uh, can you send it to me maybe on Twitter or tell me how we can get a copy of this screenshot? I can't wait to see because usually people just hate me in our own comments. Actually, they just love Cody. Usually Cody's been taking a drum in lately. I what feel like I've been running under Who's the... drumming me. I'm undefeated. No one's drumming uh, me. All right. Uh, the number is two, five, two, 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 eight, 5098. Let's go to the next call. Podcast brothers, how y'all doing? G Galassier. Hey man, they trimming down that roster, man. They trimming it down, man. Hey, to make things quick and short, man, what do you guys think about that signing we did with this kid, Mabeskia Chenault, the dude out of the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, a wide receiver? You know, they say that he can play, you know, sweet routes and he can run the ball like a running back and catch because he's a wide receiver and everything. To me, looks like, I don't know, the Panthers are going to try and use him like they use Debo Samuel. I, I don't know, man. Because remember, we tried to do that shit with, you know what I'm saying, with our damn wide receiver, you know, Curtis Samuel. And that shit didn't get us no damn where, you know what I'm saying? But I don't know. And I'm going to be the first one to say it. I have a feeling that Ch- Chuba Hubbard is going to get damn traded or released or, wait or so- something, man. I don't know, man. Because with the hiring of this, this this cat from Jacksonville, I don't know. I like Dante Foreman. Don't get it twisted. But Chubba, he looks like the odd man out, man. Give me a take on that, y'all. Keep pounding. It's hard to make an argument for him at this point. Um, and you know what is that? I guess the argument for him is this, is who else is going to do it? And the team seems to believe in him a lot. Uh, he does feel like – it feels like this is like he just drops all the footballs in the first half and then he gets better in the second half. He always looks like he's about to f- – I'm always worried, or at least last year I was always worried he was going to fumble. Like Every time he had the ball, I just felt scared. But he does run the ball. Like if you just get – if he can hold on to it, he's not bad. Yeah, and like, I, I mean, I wish that they would just stop throwing him the ball. 
Like they would just stop throwing Trooper the ball. Yeah. Uh, that was never. Well, his you know why they do it, Cody? It's because nobody's scared of him. So then he's wide the fuck open, and they're like, they're like, oh, I gotta do it. He's wide open. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, really, I I do think that if you just ran Chuba in the A and B gaps, mm-hmm. like I mean, just run him up the middle, let him be strong and dominant. I I really do think that he's he's a good player. However, I'm gonna be real with you, man. I agree. Like, if it's if there's any way possible to get something for Chuba, go ahead and do it now. Like, do it now. Which, by the way, I don't think there is anything that you are gonna get for Chuba, considering most running backs can be successful even if they're undrafted. So, why would you trade for a drafted one? I don't know. If they can get some value, maybe they should. But um, I mean, I really do think that Deontay Foreman. Uh, is really going to be that uh, a big part of our rushing game this year, uh, and and what he is designed to do. He also looked great in preseason. So, uh, especially now with Lavishka Chenault, who is really good blocking on the line of scrimmage, this offense is gritty, and they are ready to run the football down your fucking throat. The number is 252-228-5098. I need the chat to help me out. The chat knows everything. What is going on with me on the Bleacher Report? I don't ever go to their website. So, like, where do I If I, I had to them? guess, there's probably some sort of a screenshot that they took after one of your shorts. If I had to guess. I don't know. But... I did write the Mary Cabot lady today. I did write a kind of difficult tweet. I said... I hope Baker Mayfield comes on y'all's back since you love Deshaun Watson's coming on your face so much. That was probably a little on the edgy side. That was a fringe, but, yeah, a fringe, fringe one, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I just get so mad that, like, this is what people are upset about, but you don't – it almost seems slight of hand to me. It's like uh, the whole Baker not being a leader, the whole this and that – it's just so reminiscent to me of what Cam, what I felt like I saw with Cam so much. And that was just like, oh, he stole a laptop. And you're like, he's 19 years old. And like, he just went and did this press conference and said all the right things. When we all wanted this dude to say, well, if Devin Funches could catch the fucking ball, we wouldn't be in this position. But he <laughs> always did the right store, like right. thing. And I feel like Baker has just done said like I mean, like, is that is like what's the worst he's fucking done? Tell me what is the worst thing he's done? Plant the flag in Ohio as a college student? Is it saying like it's just bantering back and forth with a a a, a um a reporter a little bit too much? Like what is ultimately deserved him this narrative of being a disruptor of baker bakering or whatever it is and i feel like that's just premeditated so like Dude, yeah. imagine baker mayfield doing that this year getting up in people's face saying keep pounding like actually getting on people and like really being aggressive as a panthers quarterback dude i'm telling you this season has the potential to be crazy for us i'm said running from the cops like, uh, you know what? The only thing is I used to, I, I always said, if you, it's like kind of like if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. 
it felt like back in the 90s you could run from the cops and potentially get away from it now you can't do it because you just worry they might kill you especially if you're black you know what i'm saying like is that that's my thing is like i always felt like do you not secretly root for someone who's like running away from the police a little bit as long as they didn't do something like ridiculous my thing is why did baker feel like he was fast enough to run away like because there, there, there was never going to be a scenario. ain't no football player. There was never going to be a scenario where his ass was going to get to step in fast enough where he would actually be able to get away from the fucking popo, dude. That's that was the funniest thing to me. That video of his. But hey, he owned up to it, dude. He said I was a young, right. dumb, drunk idiot right. who ha- who hasn't been that from time to time. You know? Exactly, and it's just like this whole higher than mighty society of like oh we want to tell you how we would do it better as long as you just don't look at our lives and that whole laptop thing with cam like it's just like so like okay like i mean do you know how many things i would love to go back and take in my life and i don't even have to go back to when i was 19 i could just go back to like that tweet i sent mary cabot (laughs) (laughs) dear being a kid being a kid and just Dude, I, I've got stories yeah. too, man. But uh, either way, man, like, again, he has that underdog vibe. I was thinking about it today, too. My brother was asking me, um, that, you know, we were talking about the quarterback position. He's a Saints fan, so he's big into Jameis and hoping that he's going to be good. But we're talking about Baker Mayfield, and Baker Mayfield didn't have a lot of success his first stop in college. He went to Texas Tech. And then Patrick Mahomes came in. And then he was like, all right, I'm going to transfer. And then it was his second team that he had all of his success with, with the Oklahoma Sooners. So maybe this is uh, the stars aligning. You know, Baker with his second team when he goes off and puts up all the big numbers. But also, third year Matt Rule. Everyone knows the first two years of Matt Rule's coaching tendership, it ain't shit. But that third year, that's supposed to be where Matt Rule turns everything on and the team turn, you know, b- becomes a, a contender. So maybe the stars are kind of aligning in that aspect between Baker Mayfield and Matt Rule. I tell you one thing, uh, CK, was uh, we were brainstorming some ideas about how to grow the podcast. He was talking about other people he knows that are in streaming and successful, and he talked about them reaching out to companies that you could partner with and different things. I say this is we start reaching out to like the American Association of Massage Therapists. If we fuck <laughs> these rounds up, I think our podcast should be sponsored by the American Association of Massage Therapists as they went and beat down the Browns. <laughs> We need to do something to that effect. The number is 252-228-5098. Let's go to the next call. What's up, C3? It's your boy, 89J Stubbs. How's it going, man? Um, Just talking about these cuts, nothing really surprising except for maybe Deontay Brown, but Matt Rule never really liked him, so not surprising, really. Um, I would love for us to address three positions. Uh, defensive line or defensive end, you know, more, uh, you know, in that area. Uh, I take some defensive tackles too, but we got six on the roster. So I don't know. And then, uh, quarterback for sure. Um, I think we could grab somebody and, uh, 
also under the linebacker because I'm not too sure Shaq's going to be uh, healthy. So um, that would be really it. Uh, I like everything that's going on. Hopefully, you know, Baker, Baker can do like that fake report and, you know, he can come up. So, all right, guys, have a good fake night. Fake report. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, go ahead, CK. I was say, he said uh, Baker can do like he did with that fake report and talk him up. You know, just like, thought that was funny <laughs> that uh, he threw in that fake report part of it. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think I think there's some truth to that, but um, yeah, I, I agree. I think we all kind of uh, you know hash this out. I think uh, the roster is not a surprise. This is a good comment from my boy Kevin. Is uh, every week find something to humiliate an opposing player and just run that promo promo for some charity. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, what if we did that? Is what if we? Oh, maybe we should do that. Is all donations made with whatever to the American Massage Therapy Association in week one. Something like that. That'd be Our nice. promo code will not get you anything extra, though. Just, <laughs> right, right. Just um, so everybody knows. But uh, I, if we don't think about adding another defensive player. This is something that we talked about along, uh, you know, for a few weeks now. Are we okay with our D-line as is? Do we need to go get another uh, another edge guy, another defensive tackle. We are thin on edge, bro. What is it? Just Haynes and YGM, right? And Brian Burns. Who else? YGM, Haynes. Um, Barno. Amari Barno. Yeah. Yeah, we are thin. We got not, we got three defensive ends, and we're not sure about two of them. Let's bring that. So, uh, yeah, our our defensive ends. Brian Burns, Marquise Hands, Gross Models, and Amari Barno. We are not very thick at that position. So uh, maybe, yep. you know, a, a lot of people, uh, former Clemson player, uh, Cleveland Farrell, a lot, he was rumored to be cut. A lot of people were like, well, maybe if we cut that, or maybe if they cut him, it, it would be worth kicking the tires, maybe see if he can set a physical edge. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, I really don't know how much, how many moves are out there left to be made right now. I feel like if you really wanted to upgrade your D line, well, the time to do it was when uh, when Homeboy was out to be uh, picked up. Who was the guy that was on uh, Seattle that was going to come here? He was a free agent. I think he went to the Kansas City Chiefs chat uh, room. We'll know. Um, hold on. We should know. I hate name. when I have brain fart on players uh, that are like right on the tip of my tongue. I don't uh, know. I'll see it in the chat room in a second. I'm like, like, that's guy. You know what is, uh, gosh, who was it? But you know who I'm talking about. Come on, like, somebody. That, that, that was, if we wanted to make it. Dunlap. Dunlap. Thank you, Carlos Kevin. Dunlap. Thank you, bastard. Carlos Dunlap. Uh, that was the guy that the Panthers should have signed. If mm-hmm. we were going to make a legitimate upgrade to the defensive end position, I feel like it's too late now. All right. The number is 252 228 5098. Here we go with the next call. What up, C3? Jay Issue. Um, I'm not trying to rant so much about um, Terrence Marshall, but we have to stop holding on to players that's not doing anything for the team. I understand he's young, he's, <clears throat> he's still on his rookie deal. But like I said on uh, the other podcast, that he reminds me of Funches. 
I mean, it's not a lie. I don't understand why some fans love to hold on to certain players, and I don't like how we don't all agree um, upon certain players. And then my thing with Robbie Anderson, he's worse than Ted Ginn. Those are my opinions. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I just I just don't have time for certain players. I, I understand their quarterback situation, but at the same time, I just don't. I'm not holding on to players by current fans. That's just my take on both those wide receivers. Keep pounding. And yeah, I mean, there is a, you know, I was kind of having this conversation earlier today on Twitter, uh, CK. It's like, if somebody wanted Robbie Anderson, yeah, I think our offense is really going to benefit from having Robbie Anderson. Like, uh, tremendously so. I think him taking the top of our the top off of our defense, I think that's going to be a really important part of what we're trying to do. However, Robbie Anderson is not irreplaceable. It's not like we couldn't find another speed receiver to be able to do those same things. And right. then it gets to a point where what kind of value is too good to turn down? So if they come, you know, if some team comes wanting to give you a third-round pick for Robbie Anderson. Are you saying yes to that? Because I know a lot of Panther fans probably are. Right. I mean, that's that's the thing is right now, I don't know. Number one, we've got to keep in mind the what, whether you like him or you hate him, there is a reality that he is a distraction, right? There's going to be the the part of this that comes into play where You've got to start talking about the uncomfortable conversation of him not even wanting Baker Mayfield to be his quarterback, right? You've yeah. got to, and and you can use his excuse saying, I was just defending my quarterback, or whatever, you know, whatever it is. It was because I think it was because he wanted Cam Newton. I don't think he wanted anybody else. He wanted Cam Newton to be the quarterback, in my opinion, um, just based on how he talks so highly of Cam Newton, just based on his time here, uh, even, you know, how short it was. Um, I think the, yeah, I think we're in a in a weird spot. Um but uh but yeah, I think I think Robbie Anderson could very well be the odd man out because of the the distraction, the the let me rephrase the the illusion of distraction that could be Robbie Anderson. Yeah, Cam, you did say that. You did say Robbie Anderson might be the odd man out. Tony, if you get a third round pick for Robbie Anderson, you trading him? No. What really for a third round? Why not? Third round is hard to come by. Uh, because it's future money and not this year's money. So that if you do that, you're giving up right now. But if you're getting but third round, if you're getting a, if you're getting a third round and you're getting rid of his contract, you've got the three like one thousand yard. Like that only helps us in the future, though. Like we're already paying the money now. You know, not if we not we're if we not trade him. I don't think we get better by losing Robbie Anderson right now. Maybe in the future, if you're thinking long term, but I think those are things I you agree. get out of the like when you're done. Like, I mean, we're trying to win now. You think Matt Rule ain't trying to win? Um, and I will say this: as someone who loves, I mean, as as uh, people describe me as a cam sexual, can we have a can we end the cam the Carolina conversation, please? 
please, please. They're never truly going to go away. I think we just have to accept that. I don't want to hear it at all anymore, man. I told you last year I wasn't happy about him coming here. I told you I didn't want him to come in, and it's not because of him. It's because I wanted him to burn out, not fade away type thing with Carolina. He had his I'm back. It may have as gone as well as it could with that one glory moment with the I'm back moment last year. Um, I just I want to say this is like, let's just thank Cam Newton for what he did for us. And yeah. it's, it's future, it, that's it. I love Cam. Thank you, Cam. Uh, that's it. The number's 252-228-5098. Are you guys ready to go to the next call? Let's do it. Yep. Right. Good night to Panther Gal 73. Appreciate you for joining us. Have a great night. Next call. Here we go. Hey, guys. This is Panther Pickle. Listen, here's what I mean. I think Panther they've Pickle. already got that planned out. I think that they've already planned because the league rules states that you can't put a guy on short-term eye Is that a second call? Basically, till, till the 53 has been finalized or kind of like the next day on Wednesday. So I think that they'll find a kicker, sign him, or claim the kicker, or something, something of that method, sign him, and then automatically put Cam or put Sam on short-term IR. Now, this will work because, you know, short-term IR, he has to stay on IR for at least five to six games or four. Anyway, you have short-term IRs, and then we'll figure out the rest part later on. Uh, but I do think that we need a, a, uh, a linebacker, maybe a, maybe one of the, uh, uh, hybrid linebackers because we only have five linebackers on the roster. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, I, and for that, I would cut Andre Roberts because we've got everybody else that could do returns. Oh, you know, uh, we do, we don't really, I don't think, need five defensive tackles, but, you know, I, I'm going to stand by what I said. I don't think if you cut McCall, I don't think he'll make the pass waivers to go on the practice squad because I think a 3 4 team will see. What he can do the other in the preseasons and his weight, which is listed at 380 on Panthers.com, and they'll pick him up. But uh, keep pounding. That and Joe Baker Mayfield, he didn't do a damn thing wrong. 380? That should be like, uh, like, that should be just feel weird punching that number in. Imagine saying you're an athlete and not a sumo wrestler and saying I'm 300. So why did it matter? Why does it matter for? Deontay Brown, but it doesn't matter for McCall. What the hell are we talking about here, dude? Well, I um, think they would say, uh, wouldn't they say that McCall like could just get breathers, and when you're on the offensive line, you need to kind of keep pushing. Like we can't sub you in and out and stuff like that. I don't, I don't know, man. I, I don't. I, like I think that. that. I think Deontay was in the doghouse for some reason, other than. Just, Again, goes back to remember what I've said about Matt Rule is that like he sees these athletes as like their like what their physicality is, and then he projects them into a spot. Right. Brady Christensen can't be a tackle; he's got to be a guard. It almost feels like Deontay Brown was he, and I think you may have said this in the past, Cody. It was was he a fitterer pick, not a rule pick? And yeah. then does he not see him translating? The problem with those guys is is the the big fatties, they have trouble being uh, important on special teams. And it's just hard to just say you're going to play four snaps a game. 
can we also just say there's so much that we don't really know True. right can sure. we agree that we don't know what's happening behind the scenes we don't know what type of work ethic he had whether or not he fit what the culture was out there whether he he was you know he was asked to do something and he just wasn't putting the effort in to make it happen I mean, those are things that can be true as well. Now, I'm not saying that he's, uh, you know, some lazy fool who's, uh, you know, refusing to lose weight or anything like that. But I, I think we also got to keep in mind, I don't think any of these, I don't think Matt Rule would want to kick, you know, somebody to the curb if they were really going to be bringing a potential value to this team, especially on a rookie contract. Um, now, I know the argument you have, Cody, is that, you know, you never saw what he could do. Well. We never saw what he can do, but Matt Rule may may have. You know, he saw him way more often than we did uh, against better players, against our own defense, and maybe he just didn't shine. Um, I think that's fair to say that we just don't know enough to make that assessment to say Matt Rule let him go, and that's a failure on his part. I, I don't know that we can say that until I mean, we see him succeed somewhere else. Yeah, the fact of the matter is no one has seen him, so that's relevant. I mean, maybe he's just wasn't good maybe he wasn't motivated there's so many things that possibly could be the only thing that i ask of both of you and to all the 220 something people watching right now if deontay brown does go on to be a good football player for another team all i ask is that you remember where you heard it first your boy okay if he goes on to be another harrison butker that we're like, dude, how did we ever let that guy go? I'm just saying, remember me. I was really high on him. I don't think he got the greatest opportunity. I don't think Matt Rule is good at developing uh, young offensive players. I don't think that's his strong suit. In fact, I think that's one of his weaknesses. But um, you're right. So you can ultimately, we would truly never know. All we can do for the young man is just, Wish him the best and hope that he gets another And hope he gets an opportunity and, and we can see what he was capable of on the field. If he never gets a shot, I think we can say that maybe it was him. Right? Boy, if if I get to have that told you so moment, I'm going to be fucking insufferable, dude. I well, the thing is, is by that point, I think we would, if that is the case, I think there's a pretty good chance that, that uh, Matt Rule's not here anymore. I mean, this uh-huh. is the problem. Here's the real problem with it. It's it's an NFL issue. And this is why everybody continues, like Dwayne The Rock Johnson, people want XFL, AFL, whatever the fuck the other things are, developmental football leagues. Because the window after college is so small for success, and there are good players that need time and development. Mm -hmm an opportunity that just yes. simply and, and here's the thing is in defensive rule and the Panthers on this, they just don't have time to invest in this guy, obviously in their mind. And I promise you a, like your draft status, the fact that there are people are talking about cutting Terrace Marshall jr. Is like blows my mind because I feel like once you're in the top three rounds, like you kind of get a certain protected status. We invested enough in you, right? You know, when you're these back-end picks, you don't have any of that luxury. There is favoritism in the NFL. I mean, look, it's Chuba Hubbard. Uh, I, look, there are backs, NFL backs out there. Hell, we had one last year who was better for us. Who was the butcher? 
from the Lions that we got, who was uh, uh, Amir Abdullah? King oh, yeah. yeah, I, I mean, look, the butcher. What? Yeah, Amir Abdullah. Yeah, the yeah, butcher. I remember now. He, he was he was very good for us. The thing is, this is like, look, there is favoritism in the NFL. And the fact is, is like you see certain people benefit it. You see Deshaun Watson benefit from it. You see from uh, Chuba Hubbard, in this case, benefit from it. And you see other players not like suffer the wrath of where they don't, they just don't have the luxury of that opportunity, the luxury of that grace. And Deontay Brown found himself in that camp. And I know that you have projected him to be good, but this is why I love Demir Bird and Cameron Artist Payne so much is they actually performed in the small moments they were given. Oh, like two times in their whole career. No, they were those people. They were those people that had no luxury. No, they were the people that nobody, but I'm telling you. Butt fumble. That's all, but he had. He, uh, he had the butt fumble. Bird Ooh. had the butt fumble. No, he didn't have a butt fumble. He had the butt touchdown. I was a touchdown, whatever, in the back of the end zone. That oh, was the only play between, that this man made. That is between, that's actually a great example here. This mug had a butt touchdown, and you're comparing him to a guy who had the butt fun, uh, fumble, which is Zach Sanchez. Or not Zach. Who was that? Bron- who uh, was Mark Sanchez. Sanchez. Mark Sanchez. No, butt I'm touchdown. telling you this. Look, Cody. These people were not supposed to make it in the beginning. They weren't supposed to get the reps. They weren't supposed to get anything. They were Deontay Brown with like, without, you know, like they were the same thing. And when they got their opportunity, they actually look Cameron artist Payne put good tape out there, bro. Demir bird is look. And, and you know, you want to shit on Demir bird, but I tell you this, he's played on, he's like, he's still in the league, bro. He's still in the league. And I, all I'm saying is this, is that like, that's why the develop, we call for developmental leagues. That's why we call for this is because you might not be good enough to make the 53 today, but that doesn't mean that you don't have a spot and an opportunity in a future in the, in the, in the league. And that's what I think Deontay Brown kind of falls into. We just don't have the luxury of putting him on the roster, but that doesn't mean he's a lost hope as a football player. I hope I'm wrong. I hope you never uh, hear his name ever again. Oh, baby bird. Don't forget, Demir Bird came on this podcast twice. Love that, dude. Good kid, man. Good kid. Fast as a motherfucker. Chirp, chirp, chirp. And, dude, got more touchdowns in the league than Shai Smith does. Two, five, two. Shai Smith is about to be so much better than Demir Bird, dude. I can't wait. Can't wait. Call me up when he's got more touchdowns than Demir Bird. And I'll if, wait. I don't know. I'll wait. Well, I'll be. I'll be I calling think, you in four games. I will baby. say this much: if Demir Bird had stayed healthy, I think he would have been a legend in Carolina. Yeah, but you know what I say about those ifs. <laughs> I know. In the NFL, for what he was doing, man, as Demir Bird was out there, and I tell you, you want to talk about a guy that plays with no fear? You're talking about a hundred and forty pound year old kid going out there and running back a kickoff at a million miles an hour. Good God. He plays no fear in that kid. Mm. But hit me up. I know. I can't wait. I hope Shaz Smith gets more touchdowns than Demir Bird. I'll be waiting. The number's 252-228-5098.
That's 252-228-5098. It was a game where Jameer Bird scored three touchdowns one game, baby. So let's go. Let's go. Hey, guys. Charles Smith. Mike from Howell, a.k.a. Charlie the Blind Panther. What up, Joey? Boy, I've been excited about the Panthers today. After I heard that uh, headline about uh, Baker Mayfield saying that he's ready to fuck them up, which I'm so looking forward to using because I know that there's going to be a Browns fan that's going to get on that light rail talking shit. Because there was a Jets fan that did it last year to uh, when me and my girlfriend went. Uh, we were on the train. Boy, that girl, that girl would not let off of him. That was so funny. That girl not, my girl not letting off of that dumbass Jets fan who, you know, we still suck. Anyway. What so, is Joey uh, talking about? Yeah, if this is looking kind of sketchy, only on the part of Cynthia Freeland, because, come on. Just say, yeah, you know, I said it. Well, you know. She's probably not going to say that because she, you know, she works for the NFL or whatever. But yeah, if I'm big, if, for me, like, after I heard this, like, where there's doubts if he actually said that, I hope the fucking hell he said that. Sure as hell do. And you know what? I bet you he did, because that is so Baker Mayfield anyway, for him to say that. Uh, and that, you know, honestly, an alpha like that, you know, I played hurt. He's thinking I played hurt for them last year. And they go out and get this quarterback, pay him a shit ton of money, and he's like, uh, you know, he's suspended for 11 games for uh, being a little awkward behind closed doors, let's say. Yeah, I'd say that. And also, from now on, CK needs to do the manscape reads in his awesome voice. That he does for the members and the subscriber shame, which I hit that like button as soon as I get in the door. Anyway, guys. Wow, wow, wow. Joey's the man. Yeah, I mean, it's not, but he's got it. Um, go ahead, go ahead. I'm, uh, I'm just looking at Demir. No, no, no. You got uh, so CK is definitely going to be doing more. Manscaped reads. You'll be seeing a lot of them. By the way, someone asked me, uh, when are we getting more emojis? I promise you I've been working on that. I've been learning how to make emojis. I've been figuring it out, man. They're coming. I think I added one. Oh, we did add one. So we have, right now, we have the Baker, what I call the Baker bottom one, which is the Baker emoji. And that has caught on, by the way. Baker Mayfield, or Baker bottoms, that's that's us. People are running with Baker Bottoms. Dude, uh, you know what? Somebody, somebody, one of the Cleveland fans got was upset because I said, so he's like, oh, that's how y'all roll. You're going to get the monkey pox, you Carolina. <laughs> I laugh. <laughs> but, bro, it's like, look, as I've been married for 22. I'm very comfortable about sexuality. I'm not worried about being like, I don't even give a fuck. Like, I've told you, cam sexual. Now I'm Baker Bottom. I'm hypersexual, I guess, is what it turns out. The other thing is, so we've got that. We've got the die on the hill emoji, which Cody, look, chat, I'm a, I'm against Cody on this. Cody wants it to be live on that hill. 
not die on that hill. I think it's die on the hill because you're going to no matter what. He wants it to be different. So you guys, we've got that one. What's the other one we've got? We've got. Wait, 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 wait. Don't just let me explain oh, myself. Okay. Yeah. Live on, live on that hill because, dude. When I believe something so passionately, oh, I'm gonna be undefeated, and I'm gonna come out through the other side, dude. Even if I'm on the hill by myself, I will fucking be victorious, man. Live on that hill. It's trying. Oh my god, Joey just slayed the comments, bro. Joey the Blind Panther with his with the comment of the night. Baker bottom jeans with the coat <laughs> and the furs at the bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. So we've got the Baker, we've got the Die on the Hill, we've got the ooh, what was the other one we got? Oh, we got an ice up. One, we have to do a shame emoji, like damn. Oh, Lord, we do got to do a shame. We have to do a shame. You could do a you could just do my face. <laughs> write some of these. We need, we need to write, we need yeah. to write these down. Any uh, any emojis that you want to see, put them in the chat. But also, you can message me at Twitter or on Twitter at Cody Light. Hey, let me know, man. What, what kind of emojis are you guys looking to see? Also, we're gonna have badges too. For the amount of time that you've been subscribed to the channel, that badge will update and grow over time. We're gonna make some of those as well. So yeah, man, just- we're giving away stuff. We're gonna give look. Yes. Here's this. It's like uh, we just hit forty-one. Or actually, tonight we're probably up to forty-three. Uh, C three super fans, uh, part of the inner circle. I like to shout you guys out. I put up these little graphics that says thank you. Shout out to you. But yep. I bought a fly ass Carolina Panthers hat off of the internet tonight. Um, I when it gets here, I want to make sure that it's not too fly that I got to keep it. But I'll give that away. Like we're gonna give away. Like just randomly pick people that have joined and uh, hit you guys up. So we've got a lot of cool things coming for those. We also have um, the one that uh, Greg's daughter drew, which is the Panther on the microphone. And I forget what I titled that emoji. So you guys drop them emojis, you uh, super fans in there. We're going to keep coming with it. The number is 252-228-5098. Let's go to the next call. Hey, this is Big Mike in Lancaster, Ohio. I absolutely love what Baker said, if he did say it. And it's got everybody in Cleveland scared. Believe me. Do you know the who reporters this is? on the yeah, uh, Mike from the uh, the Friday Free For This everybody's is... behind Baker. Go Baker! This yeah, is... y'all met your friend uh, last Friday, huh? Uh this is um, the uh, conspiracy. This is Area Fifty One, Mike. Do you remember he had like all of these conspiracy theories he was dropping like crazy up in this? Like on the pot, like uh, you guys got to go back on the Friday free for all. Big Mike came in, Cleveland fan, and he had, uh, oh, the big one was this was Baker was in cahoots with Odell Beckham Jr. They stole the security footage of all of those plays because they were not broadcast. Remember, like, the video that was put out about Odell missing the passes? Yeah. Uh, Baker missing the passes? He said, that's not broadcast footage. That's in-house cameras, secret footage. 
him and Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham Jr., Baker Mayfield in cahoots, broke in. And I'm kind of giving a little bit of color to the breaking in part and stealing the footage. But he said Baker, because he loved Odell, helped him get out of Cleveland. It was wild. Remember, what did they got? What did they start doing, CK? They started doing the. They did the X Files whistle on the man. (laughs) People are going nuts about that, man. People are going nuts. But uh, look, is right. Is uh, Big Mike's right, dude? Man, they're scared. Cleveland's scared. You know why they're scared? They're scared they made a mistake. And it's not just Baker. That's the one thing. Moving on from Baker could be one mistake. Deshaun Watson is the bigger mistake in the face. And by the way, I put a poll in the chat room. Uh, did Baker Mayfield say, I'm going to fuck up the Cleveland Browns? Or was he misquoted uh, right now? Uh, of course he said it. Fuck him. Is leading with 64% of the vote. So make your voice heard, uh, heard in our poll. CK, you're good at this stuff. As Lynn said, is there a way instead of having the auto draft to prepay the membership? And the only thing, Lynn, I would love to like, and we're, I'm willing to do whatever, like help anybody in any way. Yeah, not, people don't want yearly really sponsors. I know. I, I mean, I understand you're like, it's not helping when you're helping us. So the only thing is we're kind of certain, we're kind of limited also by YouTube's platform, like in what yeah. they allow. So there's a little bit of, not if if we could customize but some you know we can only customize so much but we'll definitely look in to see if there's ways uh and maybe ck can brainstorm with the gifting thing maybe we could she could can we gift a membership to the same person um i don't know um honestly if there's a way to specifically gift it to somebody when i when you yeah it's random Uh, gifting um so, like, when I go in, and basically, for those who are interested, if you're interested in knowing, um, you can gift a membership. Um, if you look down at where you would do the super chat and the super stickers, there's three options: one super sticker, one super chat, and one's membership gifting. And you can gift memberships there. Um, as far as being able to pay for a year in advance, I don't think they have that as an option just yet. But those are things that I'm sure YouTube would love to hear about as suggestions to maybe uh, increase. Yeah, uh, I, I understand the concern with auto mm-hmm. draft. Like I get shit. That's like, I mean, I don't even know what's auto drafted half the time from my life. You know, NFL just hit me with that, with the game pass, which I had the game pass, but you know, yeah, I mean, I don't remember when I signed up for it, but I got the game pass guys. I was, um, that was NFL plus. Uh, I hope this is I, it. Better work better because Game Pass sucked, bro. It was just so glitchy and janky. It was just awful, 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 awful. So I hope they got it. I mean, I'd never. I mean, this is like when you're a billionaire, you get to do whatever you or a gajillionaire, you can just do whatever. You be like, hey, that's what we give you, and you'll pay for it. Two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Next call. Yeah, this is me, C Dog. C Dog. Why Baker Mayfield ain't just keep his fucking mouth shut? Oh, come on, C-Dog. Now the Cleveland Browns defense, entire defense, has bulletin board material. No, let him finish. Well, we won. Miles Garrett already wanted to rip Baker Mayfield in half on the football field. But after that 
comment he made about we need to go on this all that bullshit. Man, the Browns defense. I'm projecting Miles Garrett to have three sacks, two forced fumbles for this game. Miles Garrett might be unblockable. I'm expecting them to move Miles Garrett up and down the fucking defensive line. The, the five weaknesses in this offensive line. But Baker Mayfield have put a big-ass target on this offensive line for week one with his fucking mouth. Baker Mayfield being Baker Mayfield as usual. A fucking bum. Fuck, man. Y'all know Baker Mayfield lead the league in interceptions since 2018. That's more than Jared Goff and Sam Darnold. If Sam Darnold was healthy uh, all of his time, he would definitely be in the hold, hold everybody up. I mean, come in here. Make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe. You know what I'm saying? Your boys be on here every Tuesday, and they be on here every Friday for the free fall. And then they do the goddamn the live, not the live show, but they do the uh, shows, game day and everything. But make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe. Y'all fellas keep doing a great job as usual. You know what I'm saying? And everybody keep pounding and have a great night. Sea Doll 1983 out of here. And real quick, I give a shout out to goddamn G Babies, the motherfucking goat. You know what I'm saying? But shout out to motherfucking G Baby, my motherfucking nigga. You know what I'm saying? I love Everybody that. have a good night. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. Hey, man, you remember the Mighty Ducks? How they had the Basher Brothers? To me, that's like the Sea Dog and G Baby, man. <laughs> they're, they're like, they're, they're bros. They're made for one another. Uh, but no, I want to go on that real quick. Because uh, I believe, CK, you said it earlier, like, inevitably, regardless of whether this is true or if it was bullshit or a miscommunication, you can almost guarantee that someone in the Browns locker room, be it a coach or a player, is going to bring this up and say, oh, Baker mm-hmm. said fuck us. He's going to fuck us up, huh? Hmm. And you know what? It's those little tidbits that might give a team what it needs to go out and prove a point. My question to both of you and to everyone in the chat, does C-Dog have a point? Now is there a little bit more danger that maybe the Browns and their defense, and not even just their pass rush, think of their DBs as well. Are they now more aggressive to, to prove something because of this? I mean, I, I think, as I mentioned, I think that there's going to, they're going to try to build this up, right? Not even just the 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 coaching staff, the the Cleveland media clearly is going to latch onto this and try to use this as, as uh, clickbait uh, for the next uh, two weeks leading up to that game on the 11th. Um, do I, again, I, I don't know how much substance there is to what Baker said, but the unfortunate thing is that this is going to be basically the Bill Belichick moment of being able to just pin the bad articles about their team in the, in the locker room so that they just feel like a sense of like underdog mentality. And I think that they're going to have that uh, play a part. Um, Now, the other thing that sucks about this is if we lose and Baker isn't phenomenal in the game, then everybody's going to blame Baker for firing up the Cleveland Browns. So, I mean, it's a lose-lose situation for Baker right now if if it is not a win. Like, if he wins, then this is going to be a moment everybody looks back on and it's just like, this is going to be the moment of the year. Yeah. 
Tony, I saw you shaking your head the whole time. Uh, so yeah. get in on this. Uh, there is, there uh, is, first is, of all, I am really surprised Sea Dog took this position. I would not have seen this coming. At oh, I end. To me, this is fear, a fear position. Like you're afraid that it's going to backfire on you. I don't believe that this bullet bulletin board material really truly matters a lot in the NFL. And if the only time it probably does matter is when you're the underdog and everybody counts you out right. and the coach can just go in there and be like, nobody believes in you and you don't, nobody believes in you. And you got, everybody says you suck and everybody, but you can punch them in the mouth. I don't think it's like a, really a bulletin board material. Like I, uh, no, I ain't really worried about this extra motivation. I think that there's a lot of pressure on this game, regardless if somebody said something wrong or not, or right or not at this point. Is there's a lot of pressure on Baker Mayfield to succeed in himself. Cleveland wants him to fail, as in the organization, the owners, the co- or the general manager. I don't even know if the players themselves, though, would have a problem with Baker. Everybody that I've heard, other than Odell Beckham Jr., has liked Baker. People have said they look, even her Bozeman this and say, is this the guy that I want to play for in the huddle? And maybe that's because he's his teammate. They asked Miles Garrett about this is like, are you, it's like, I don't even really think about that. I think that everybody in the NFL is just so used to everybody talking shit and doing mm-hmm. whatever they want. Like if they hung on to every single thing, it would all be bulletin board material. The only thing I would worry is that maybe it puts a little unnecessary pressure on Baker himself because if he doesn't do well then the narrative comes about not only do cleveland fans feel vindicated but then panther fans start to question themselves but i don't think really miles garrett or anybody has any hard feelings against baker mayfield and if anything i think browns players might be secretly asking did they fuck did the organization fuck up by getting deshaun watson Oh, they're not secretly asking that. They're very verbally and audibly uh, asking that. That isn't a a hidden concern among many Browns fans and and the media pundits of the of the organization. I think that um, I do think that there is going to be a, again whether it works or not is going to be the question. I think that they are one hundred percent going to try to use this to fire up this defense. Well, I think the defense is going to – I mean, the I think the NFL is going to use it to flame up the storyline. I mean, obviously, hey, this is – do you really think it's coincidence? Look, the NFL told us that they put the NFL schedule through one mazillion iterations each year. You remember like that when they make – they randomize mm-hmm. the schedule and they're like, oh, we put it through 10 million times to see what would generate the best schedule – how in 10 million times in two consecutive years do you get the Jet Panthers facing off Sam Darnold against his old team and now Baker Mayfield against, I don't know. I mean, like, it's like Greg in his tinfoil hat would be like, come on, man. It's a conspiracy. Uh, no, I they, believe it. you got to keep in mind the, uh, the, the, when they came out before the Baker trade. Well, they did come out before the Baker trade to be fair, but, the part of it that I think is important to realize is that the the schedule isn't randomized. It is initially, but they run the they basically what they right. do right. the schedule. Then you got the divisions. I mean, there's factors that are but not even just that. They pretty much know who's going to be opponents for each each team outside right. of two right. per year. I think. 
but not um, the week they're gonna play. Week right. one. So come on. What they do is they put all of these things in this in this. I guess this uh, computer it, it it pulls out everything like it gives them the first iteration of the schedule, um, and then they pick out which games they like and which games they don't, and then they say I would I want this to stay here I want this to stay here, and they run that multiple times until they find out the entire schedule for the entire year, and so they still allow storylines to dictate the, the the schedule. That is not a randomized thing. But they do. That is something that is uh, that is a part of their uh, their process. Uh, is they look at the games and they make a human decision on which ones they like and which ones they don't, and then they move on, and then they let the simulation continue to run again. And understanding that they like this one in this spot and this one in that spot. I think that the idea is this: is that the the fodder the bulletin board material exists a for the nfl machine not for the cleveland browns defense as much right like as in targeting like oh you got to prove to baker like no i mean the defense wants to kill everybody every week it doesn't matter that you got to prove it for that i think the real i think the real bulletin board material falls on at least the cleveland browns organization at the top when it comes to the GM and the coach, they're the ones that have more investment than this defense. I don't, I don't know how a defense who just kind of went out there and at least risked it all for the last four years to try to fight for a Baker Mayfield, all of a sudden sees him as an enemy would if like, do you think that if we played Cam Newton the following week, you like, I mean, like, do you think that when we played, I, how about this? Steve Smith, you remember the blood and guts where Steve Smith wanted retribution against the Carolina Panthers after they cut him? Do yeah. you think that the Carolina Panthers defense really just had a personal vendetta to prove that the Panther organization was right? I don't think so. I think they were just going to do their best as much as possible. So I don't think, I think this is personal maybe for Baker Mayfield. I think it's personal for the Browns organization at the top end, but I don't think the defense is probably going to eyeball this any more than any other game, like a vendetta. So I'm not, I'm actually this, I'm a little bad, a little myth that sea dog is kind of like stepping back and like, Oh, we got to worry about this. I say, fuck it. Let's, let's, let's throw our shit. Can I say this? People say that I'm a Baker Mayfield hater and that I don't believe in them. I'm not that bad. There are people like Sea Dog and G Baby and a lot of others that are like, no, nah, I don't rock with Baker. I don't believe in him. And by the way, I do want I do want to I want to defend Sea Dog for just a minute. Last year, when we were trying to convince ourselves that maybe Sam Darnold could turn this around, Sea Dog kept that same energy, man. And we were mad at you know, not mad at him, but a lot of people were like Oh, you're just being a Falcons fan or whatever. Right. And then lo and behold, that man ended up being able to say, hey, you know what? I told you so. So until Baker Mayfield starts to prove people right and wrong, every opinion is valid until we see some legit numbers. All right. Three more calls. Three more calls. Here we go. Next call. Hey, it's the phone that makes the move. White chocolate express soap. Oh, I got something that's been bugging me like we only have four draft picks coming in next year four 
Baker Mayfield doesn't come in and be mid or just do anything, can we go six wins, seven wins? Matt Rule gets fired. We go into off season. We have to, and Mayfield probably will be gone. Rule will be gone. We have to find a new head coach. Want to come to Carolina? No quarterback, and only four draft picks. That's the reality of what we could be facing. This could be like the worst off season coming up ever for us. I want y'all to realize that it could be the worst off season for us coming up if this thing doesn't work out. You know, but those are my thoughts. Peace. I, I hear it. It's any, it's anyone's guess, man, what we're going to be. I think there's reason to be hopeful, a lot of reason to be hopeful. But I feel like there always is, man. So it's time to let the rubber meet the road and see what kind of team we actually have. For sure. I don't care about it one bit. We just cut a fifth and a sixth-round pick today. We cut the 2020 fifth round pick and Kenny Robinson because he fought so hard. Some people we, are making a big deal about it. Did you care about only having four picks? Like, what I, You know, what is this is I'm just, you know, I would if they were the fourth, fifth and sixth and seventh picks. But as long as we got our first and second, like I really just want to rock out with my, you know, what out for three picks and anything after that yeah. is gravy. I know y'all draft heads are going crazy, but at the end of the day, it's like hard for these guys to make the roster on the deep end. You're thinking about cutting people later on down the road. Is that unless you're parlay, the only thing about having all those picks that to me is super beneficial is parlaying them into moving up, trading around. So you could say this is we'll give you two fifths, a fourth, and a second to move up to whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just ammunition in the toolbox. I mean, yeah, it's nice to hit on those late round picks, but it's like also not likely. Yeah, it's not likely. And and so I just have all the first ones. three rounds. I mean, are you really going crazy after round four? Are you clamoring? I mean, I know you are, Cody. But I mean, think about this: like when you watch the draft after round three, it's like, hey, I'll just check the bottom line. Yeah. Oh, no doubt, and that's why I'm not worried too much. It's like. Let's say the Panthers do suck. We're still going to have that first and second round pick. Yeah. So if those are premium picks, you know, again, I, I'll say that crazy it. crazy shit? I, uh, the best is the the Jacksonville Jaguars 2020 draft. Yeah. I think it was when they had C.J. Henderson's Chenault. Like, they got, like, they had, like, eight picks in that draft. The only player on their team is uh, undrafted running back, <laughs> James Robinson. Yeah. Uh, that's, <laughs> like, that's fucking insane, dude. Uh, they suck. Uh, next yeah. call. Hey, guys. Chuck from Lucy City, a.k.a. Carolina Sports Guy. What up, Chuck? I just, just kind of want to leave a comment. I, the roster, you know, there's going to be more turnover. You know, we're going to – a few guys I wouldn't get too excited about that might have made the roster um, because we're going to pick up one or two guys off this waiver wire. And then we'll end up cutting somebody else, and then we'll turn the bottom of the roster into practice squad. I really feel, regardless of the draft or where we might have missed in last year's draft, especially 
Deontay Brown and Travis Sledge from being picks when we had the guy from uh, Tennessee, uh, or was it Trey Smith? It didn't, uh, we didn't draft a guard um, that the Chiefs did. But the one thing I really feel that we missed the boat on, the one thing, I think we should have come up with the money and we should have kept the song ready. And the Eagles got him. And I understand, you know. It wouldn't hurt right now with this. We, don't, we can't have everybody yeah. pick everybody, but to me, he really got a motor and a good pass for us feel. And that's the one thing I feel like we're really going to hurt this year. Um, I feel a little bit better about the linebackers. I know we need depth at certain positions and worry about the line and Baker stays healthy. There's all kinds of issues you can come up with. Seamers look as deep as I've seen. And so there's a secondary. But I really feel like we could have really used the sound ready because that defensive end that we don't have. But that's just one man's humble opinion. Um, man, we looked at that defensive end group and it's not thick. In fact, it's kind of a bizarre. You know how we've all just assumed that defense is going to be nasty? Yeah. Is there Are there question marks? And maybe they are, and they might just be. I know that people wanted to point to the linebacker group because we don't know Littleton. We don't know these guys very well who are some of these free agent acquisitions. But beside Brian Burns, what else? You know what I mean? You're talking about Marquise Haynes. You need him to be good. You need, you actually need YGM to be a baller. And how many times? Look, Coney Ely in his rookie year almost won the fucking Super Bowl MVP. We gave him the starting job the next year. He couldn't hack it. So I I want YGM. He's looked good so far from what we've seen. I, I expect him to be good, but I've told you and told y'all and told y'all, unless you're like just, just this fucking polished, badass defensive end, it's usually year three when they start to pierce through. Charles Johnson, i.e., beside one of the greatest in Pep. That defensive end group is nerve wracking. Like that's what we need to zero in in. That's scary. That's scary, bro. Good call. Yeah. I don't All know right, if we had enough money to sign Hassan Ray. Maybe not really- him. Maybe not him. But isn't it yeah. emblematic though of what the problem is? A lot of people thought Stephon Gilmore too. Now, why would you trade for him and have that veteran presence and then kind of let him go? I don't know. We're, I we're, told we're you it's because Matt Rule and them were feeling themselves after three games in, and then they're three and zero in game four. Yeah. They look pretty good, and then we lose J uh, C Horn, and they're like, "Oh, we got this. We'll just plug in uh, whatever and we'll keep rolling." They were feeling themselves. Yeah. All right. Next call. Yo, what's good, C three? It's uh, JD. I was calling JD. in to uh, speak a little bit kind of off topic, but speak a little bit on the Panthers deciding to move on from Blastoise. Yeah. And I heard it mentioned on PNP, and it got my brain to storming up this, this, this idea that it could be that Deontay just wasn't that good of a guard. But then that led me to believe that a lot of people are hyping up, uh, if I'm not mistaken, his name is Bryce Young. And this kind of goes in line with something that Cody said in the past. A lot of people are saying that these guys coming out of the draft, these young QBs are generational talent. So 
So if you say that you have to be worrisome of players that are playing with other NFL talent, like guys that are surefire number one, number two draft picks in the NFL draft, who's to say then that a guy like Corral, if he's on the Alabama team, would look just as good, if not better, than Bryce Young? Right. So ultimately, what I'm trying to say is, for all those people who do not think Corral has it in him to be an NFL QB, you might want to pump your brakes because for all the hype that Bryce Young is getting, he may not be an NFL QB. Then again, he could very well be one. The talent is there, similar to Corral, though he is injured. You have to wait and see. Yeah, I just want to call in and, and uh, throw it out there into the ether. Oh, yeah. Keep on. Keep pounding, J.D. Uh, listen, so me and CK kind of talked about this earlier with Deontay Brown. None of us were there. So your opinion on Deontay Brown is as good as mine. Uh, I mean, everybody knows what I feel like. I feel like Matt Rule doesn't develop offensive players very well. And I think just like Matt Corral never got a great shot, I don't think Deontay Brown got a great one either. So if you convince yourself, well, the reason he's not a Panther anymore is because he wasn't good and his ass got cut. Well, I don't have any evidence to say you're wrong. Uh, however, you also don't have any evidence to say that I'm wrong. It could very well be a mismanagement of talent. We'll never know until we get some kind of proof either way. Uh, and, yeah, when it comes to quarterbacks, next year, everybody's saying that it's going to be a great quarterback class. But the fact of the matter is we don't know. We do not know, man. We're still wondering what kind of quarterback Tua Tagovailoa is. And yet people are already wanting to anoint Bryce Young, this transcendent talent. It's like, yeah, maybe, but maybe he plays for Alabama and Nick Saban as well. And that definitely has something to do with people's evaluation on that player. So time will tell, man. But yeah. We will play. not know. We will not know. We may not ever know. But we do know one thing is Demir Bird has more career touchdowns than uh, Shai Smith. You're and insufferable he, with this. Until I cannot he wait to rub Shai Smith in your face. All year this year. Are you can't wait. You can rub them in my manscaped balls as you use the Panthers code later on. That we're not gonna oh, for sure. Uh CK, before we got uh we still got to do some ice up picks, but some of the things going forward is there's a lot of gamers out there Mm -hmm. um in this world. And actually you might be looking at a new gamer and my new CP my new computer comes in that can actually handle games. Um, but you're into gaming. Tell us uh, what you want to talk about, what we should be talking about, maybe what Madden is talking about. Yeah, so uh, before the show, I uh, now that we've got a trim down at least uh, current 53-man roster, I decided to go ahead and run uh, a franchise uh, simulation for the remainder of the year um, and uh, just see what, you know, this isn't adjusting anybody's stats. Uh, this is just... Uh, making sure that the rosters are right, making sure that Deshaun Watson wasn't playing the first game against us. And Madden has uh, has spoken with what they believe the Carolina Panthers uh, season record is going to be. Obviously, if you go and do this, it's going to be different as these are somewhat random um, and this is a simulation. But um, some of the you know points that I always like to try to reference and I'll you know try to reference for you here 
Um, so the first game, the Browns game, they had us losing 27 to 30. Um, so the, a pretty close game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, close one. They had us losing to the Giants 34. I'm sorry, winning to the Giants rather uh, 34 to 10. It was a blowout. Um, the Saints beat us 20 to 27. Nothing crazy. Um, the Cardinals beat us 7 to 35. Um, and the 49ers, a 13-16 loss. Uh, so, again, very close. The Rams, 17-23, very close game, one possession. Uh, we beat the Bucks, uh 27-24, a close game there as well. Falcons, we lost 23. sweeping the Bucks. Look at this. They do. Uh, 23-31 loss to the Falcons. Um, 31-34 loss to the Bengals. So, one possession game there. Falcons, 28-35 for Week 10. Um, again, another one-possession game. Um, all of these are one-possession games outside of that first, uh, that that big blowout loss to the Cardinals. Um, we lost to the Ravens, 23-28. to Lost to the Broncos, 21-26. to Seahawks, we win 10-7, to um, which is a very reminiscent uh, of uh, old, old, old time uh, for them. Uh, Steelers, we lost 16-23. to Lions, we win 27-24. So not a convincing victory there. Um, and then the Buccaneers, uh, the final the week 17, we can presume the Bucks are probably already right. locked okay. into uh so very well Even might not be playing starters. By us in week six. 45-42 is that score, by the way. Um, <laughs> so a offensive juggernaut, you know, slobber knocker, if you will. And then we beat the Saints the last week, 28-25. Um, so a great way to end the season, uh, winning four out of the five uh, at the end, but a very rough first 12 games of the season. Very tough uh, look. Um, and for those oh. who are really interested, Where which does I Matt Rule get fired in this? Uh, didn't it, that. That, that, that simulation isn't out, done. Look at this. One. All right. So you're one, two, three, four, five. You are two and five. Then you are uh Two and six, two and seven, two and eight, two and nine, two and ten. I tell you what, I think. Matt Rule would get fired in week. Ugh, against the Falcons. You lose. Dude, the Falcons. I, well, it depends too how Our close fans, these games uh, are. Whether um, we had Christian, what, what's the circumstances with QB play? Yes, there are, there are certain extenuating circumstances, but some of the real questions you guys are going to have is how does Madden uh, rank Baker Mayfield? Uh, how does his stats look for the season? On that? Um, he had 4,300 yards. Um, he 22 oh. touchdown passes, 13 interceptions, um, 61. Why the fuck are we so bad then? 61% completion rate with an 88.8 rating. Um, so not great. Um, very middle of the pack, which most people were already expecting. Um, the next question mark was going to be Christian McCaffrey. Um, so not great. They had him only playing in 14 games. So somehow he missed three. Um, yep. 1100 yards rushing, um, for him, uh, with, uh, 10 touchdowns, um, which isn't a bad number, but you know, you would expect that to be more being Christian McCaffrey. Um, and, uh, yeah. So it didn't show me the receiving. I what had to go to the receiving and I forgot the screenshot of that. What is most, first of all, is this, is the idea of only winning six games and your quarterback throwing 4,500 yards 
which we haven't had a quarterback throw for 4,000 yards. I don't know when the last time was. 30. What, what was the touchdown number again, CK? Uh, he uh, threw for 22, so not great. Uh, 22. All right, so not a ton. But not a lot of picks. Mm-hmm. And somebody brought this up. A great comment in the chat was Ernie. He said, uh, man, that Cleveland Browns defense ain't that great, is it, when they're giving up, what, 30 points or whatever in the opener? There's no way. First of all, this is a little harsh. Right. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. And Look the at, other thing that sticks out to me is this, is imagine getting swept by the Falcons but sweeping the Bucks. Right. Yeah, that part's pretty crazy. Insane shit I've ever heard. But yeah, by the but, way, I would imagine that if Matt Rule, if this scenario happened, to me, it's that what four you game, that four game losing streak. Atlanta, Cincy, Atlanta, Baltimore. That's uh, to me after Baltimore. Five. Right it's a five game one. losing streak. Broncos too. There's no way two and ten done. Yeah, but whoever the interim coach is, two and seven done. Whoever so the interim coach is after that, probably going to lose a game. Fine. So, I'm just saying this is that what would it be? What is the what is ninth the ninth game in this? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. The Bengals makes you what? Two and seven. God. Right. And so, I mean, but here's the thing. Eight, there's no way you make it past that Atlanta Falcons game if you're two and eight, bro. All right. When's so, bye week? Somebody kind of, somebody, well, here, I'll, I'll look it up. Tell me, I got to look up our bye week. If we don't get, if we don't go win three of our first four games, Matt Rule will be gone by the middle of the season. And the reason I say that is there is a murderer's row of opponents after that. I'm going to tell you now with the whole thing with Trey Lance and, and Jimmy G, Jimmy G will be the starter for the San Francisco 49ers by the week five. Okay. Um, Do you think oh, so? Yes. Uh, man, you don't, you don't, you don't think Trey Lance is going to be good? Dude, dude. Trey Lance has looked mediocre at best, and they have a win-now team in the San Francisco 49ers. So there is going to be a one, I would say, in my opinion, you're going to see Jimmy Garoppolo starting by week five. So that is going to be a tough game. Um, The L.A. Rams are the L.A. Rams. If Matt Stafford isn't impacted by his thrower's elbow, we're going to be in, in trouble with the Rams. The Bucks. The Falcons are a question mark. We don't know what to expect from them. Um, the Bengals, we know who they are. We got the Falcons again. The Ravens are, are I think, potentially a really, you know, it, well, much more improved defense this year. So I think they could be a big problem for us. The Broncos are have, have probably, if I had to put it into words, I'd say the Broncos are the most improved roster in the entire NFL this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're going to be good. I think we start out two and two at the worst. I think we beat Cleveland. We beat the Giants. We got to get some retribution for last year's Giants game, man. If we don't fucking stomp the Giants, man, I'm done. If we lose to the Giants this year, fire him right away. Fuck that. We had the worst game ever. Cody, next thing is this. Cody Lashney, guess when the bye week is? After the fucking Ravens game. So you're... Four game losing streak would be spot on if we lost Falcons, Bengals, Falcons, 
Ravens. And then you just said, you know what? Get the fuck out of here, Matt Rule. We're going to put in Ben McAdoo to face the Broncos. Yeah. Wow. But I mean, and that other part of this too is like, you know, the, the, here's what I would like to do. And I'm, I'm, I'm open to your uh, thoughts here. I want to go through each week and I think we need to make a prediction individually. We need to write this down, create a spreadsheet so that we can make sure we can track how we're doing and how, you know, it, it, the score, we can, we can predict the score if you would like. Um, but it wouldn't have any bearing on the end of the year, whether, you know, win losses, because it's going to be a lot harder to kind of, you know, tally those up. I'd like to see, let's run this uh, again, right before the season kicks off. See if it, how much it changes. Uh, oh, it, well, bad, I had uh, run it. I had run it, it the first time. Six and 11. Look, I don't think six and 11 is ultimately like unheard of for yeah. this team. Like I could see a six and 11 season, but losing this way, would be devastating. Yeah. Well, I'm all sorry. of those, like, all of those take, one possession games. The point is this, is nobody would give a fuck about the Panthers after October 14th at this rate. Right. Like right. even, like, you know how hard this podcast will be when we get to that Broncos game? Yeah, that's I, I, I'm concerned. Like when you look at that, 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 that middle slate of games, this is a, uh, not an easy schedule. That that first four games has to you have to be a net positive. You have to be three and one to have a chance. Because if you if you can make it past those middle eight games, then you have a shot there towards the end to actually build some momentum to possibly make it into the postseason. Um, yeah. yeah, you got to start two and two at the minimum. Yeah. But I yeah. think we can beat the core. I could. I think we could be go three and one. I could see that. Is I'm not scared of the Saints, bro. I mean, like, is that. I've been saying their defense is getting older for two years, and I've been wrong. You know, so maybe yeah. I'm wrong a third time. But, like, at what point they got a new coach? You know, I mean, it's like that's a winnable game. It might not be a win, but it's winnable. And you know what? Right now, I mean, is anybody truly terrified of the Cardinals? We beat them in great moments. They are good early in the season. They, I mean, we wish we were playing them around week. 12 right of this but now nah, we should walk out of this two and two at the minimum if we don't walk out two and two we should be nervous yeah, yeah and, and by the way let's all keep in mind that like what six out of these seven first games are yeah. at home like do people realize that last year we were terrible as a home team like if you want to build up a home crowd advantage like all Panther fans have wanted us to have at Bank of America Stadium for fucking ever, you have to defend your dirt. You have to win at home. And and I've said this too. This season, to start our season, is a fantastic opportunity to build that. Not even just for this season, but for years to come, man. These home games to start our season – not only are they against yeah. very, not only are they against teams that are very winnable, but you're doing it at home with a rebuilt offensive line, a new coaching staff, all these weapons, a young, fast defense. That there is no reason for the Panthers to start off with that abysmal of a win you record. Play, like you, play this, you play the Saints at home, then you play the Cardinals at home, and you play the 49ers at home. You got to win two of those games. 
if not all of them. Well, I mean, if not all of them, we got to stomp the Giants on the road, bro. If we don't stomp the Giants, and, and maybe not stomp, year. but if we don't win against the Giants, mm-hmm. I am Tony Dunn, mark it down. I got big giant concerns about this team. Oh, yeah. Uh, We'll keep up with this. DK, man, this was wonderful. I think people, we don't like this graphic. We do not like this simulation. Uh, I don't think anybody, thank God Madden's not a sponsor of this show. We didn't get them no sales tonight. (laughs) Um, But we got the final segment, guys. Uh, Look, it's been a tremendous show. We are back to regular form. We are back to three hours, homie, and more. Um. But we didn't hold back tonight, man. I didn't, at least. I was, uh, I was ready, and I'm not giving. I'm not. I'm not budging on this Baker shit. I'm ready for him to do the old. What was that? Uh, who was that coach for the San Francisco 49ers that was on the '85 Bears with Ron Rivera, and he pulled his dick out in front of his whole team, and he was like, "If y'all are going to be real men, you can put." Like, I. That's how I feel about this. Is like I'm ready. Why not? Why not at this point? Because after four weeks, if you ain't big dicking it, you done. Yep. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, I've been saying this forever. Y'all can vouch for me. It's a prove it year. Yet again, everybody needs to have something to prove to Matt Rule, to Christian McCaffrey, to Baker Mayfield, to uh, Shaq Thompson and Dante Jackson. Everyone has something that they need to prove. And this is the year to prove it, man. A lot rides on this year, I believe, including Matt Rule's future tenure as the head coach of this football team. It was uh, Mike Singletary. Uh, Thank you, bastard son. Now go back to your room. Um, (laughs) Or not your room, some other man's room who takes and hopefully pays the bills better than I do. Um, that's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where we have one last segment, the truest, the original. And this is where I'm telling y'all folks, this is how you know we're the longest running Panthers podcast. We've been rocking the Ice Up segment since the Ice Up game. Like the literal game. And that was 2013. Pretty sure that was 2013 when... That might have been in our first season. I think that was the first season in our show where Steve Smith and uh, Akib, Talib Akib, or I call him Talib Kwame. Akib Talib. I'm never going to get it right, and I don't care. But he told him, he, they asked him like what he thought about this. He said, I don't know. He, man, he didn't finish the game. Ice up, son. The best shit talker in the history, or at least in my book. If I want a guy that's going to be in my corner in a fight or in a shit-talking fight, mm-hmm. it's Smith. And that's where the Ice Up segment comes. It's where we tell someone to ice up, toughen up, to get it together. It's our homage to the Panther great, Steve Smith, where we tell someone to ice up, son. Cody Light, bring us in. Ice up, son. Ice up, son. Who you guys got? You want your daddy to go first? I'll go first. Go first, daddy. Oh, hell yeah, man. You know what? I am mad. I am mad at 
one single my ice up pick goes to our fucking owner man i cannot tell you how upset i am this is from the game this past week they asked this billionaire motherfucker this billionaire ass carpetbagger coming down to north carolina and look my family's from up north my mom's from queens Man, clearly, somebody called me. A, this Browns fan was so mad at me about what I said about Mary Cabot, about coming on the back because y'all let Deshaun Watson. He was so mad. He called me a greasy, a poor, greasy, wannabe Corleone. And I was like, I am poor. I am part Italian. Man, really? Greasy? You fucking ethnic race. I mean, I, you want to call him an ethnicist. Can't call him a racist. <laughs> You know, but you fucking asshole. But here's the thing. Um, David Tepper, I've had my picture taken with him. Took you remember, like uh CK yeah. was the one that pointed him out to me. Yeah. I, I wanna picture. like him. I wanna like him. You know what? And I don't dislike him necessarily, but I dislike him for this shit, bro. This is from the preseason game, uh game three halftime interview. Uh, talking about the toughest part of his billionaire-ass job. The most, most difficult or the stupidest part? part? The stupidest part of the most difficult is ever looking at Twitter. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be? Well, you look at Twitter a little bit too much. No, no, no. You know what? Sometimes is I like it to echoing? get the feel of just sometimes you have to read through the... Yeah, that's uh, cold. Oh, that's probably right. You know, no, sometimes, so we got to get through the people in the basement. You know, you know so, so there's a lot of those people, by the way. There are a lot of those. Did people. it go out there? I don't want to listen to those people. I want to yeah. listen to you tell us about. It did go out then. Okay. He was Hold the on. guy I you brought. I, I know. I'm right here. It, it wasn't doubled. Okay, so that helped. All right, let's do it one more time because I don't want to double. I want this. Is there asked about? They asked a man who's worth sixteen billion dollars. What the hardest part of his job is. And he wasn't talking about juggling ownership of billion dollar business like this and that. This is what he said. The hardest part of his fucking life is the most difficult or the stupidest part. The stupidest part of the most difficult is ever looking at Twitter. Mm. Wouldn't that be? Well, you look at Twitter a little bit too much. No, no, no. You know what? Sometimes I like to get the feel of just sometimes you have to read through the. That's uh, cold for too much. Well, that's probably right. You know, sometimes you got to get through the people in the basement. You know, so there's a lot of those people, by the way, there are a lot of those people. I don't want to listen to those people. I want to listen to you. Tell us about Baker Mayfield and why he was the guy you brought in. All right. uh, It's like a dual ice up pick is like, don't worry. I got plenty to say about David Tepper at this moment. But first, whoever this sycophant bitch is on the left, catering and cucking his cock on the side. Sorry, no, Connor. Fuck this dude. We don't want to hear him. We don't want man, bitches. We are the reason you guys exist. Yeah. <laughs> Fans are the reason you fucking exist. Now I can't say that about David Tepper because he made billions because he came in before he bought the team. But your asshole ass self, at least we could say with Steve Smith, he can talk shit because he was a fucking man on the football field. You know, who the fuck are you talking about? Oh, we don't want to hear them. We want to hear you, you sycophant. Mm. Second, David Tepper. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. And man, guess what? 
We don't have any affiliation with the Panthers. Y'all bitch asses don't give a fuck about us anyway. So fine. You know what? I'm putting my foot down. I'm planting my Baker Mayfield flag in the middle Panther fucking stadium right now in David Tepper's fucking bedroom with his wife. Man, <laughs> this is some bullshit ass stuff right here to say, oh, you're fucking the worst part. The stupidest part is dealing with these morons on the fucking Twitter. You're the fucking moron, dude. No offense. I mean, you're rich. <laughs> you're yeah, rich. No offense, but you're the fucking moron. Actually, offense intended. Yeah, offense. Offense intended is no, you're rich, but that don't mean you're fucking not a moron. And this is the whole shit right here is, dude, is that like, what is it, the stupid part on Twitter? Tell me what it is. Please tell me what it is. That's yeah. stupid on Twitter. You mean the assholes that were like, oh, what the hell are we doing with the quarterback situation for the last three years? What in the hell are we doing with that? Oh, I mean, like, look, I'm tired. This is out of touch. Here, this is what I would say. This is David Tepper saying, let them eat cake. You know what's interesting to me is this dude comes from – like he's an he's somebody who would be considered northerner, right? Oh like, yeah. Are they not the most shit talking like culture in hey, the world? Man. Like, how can you hey, not handle Pittsburgh. what Twitter is bringing you? Yeah, he's like, from I Pittsburgh. know. Like Pittsburgh it has really, got to be the is most it that bad. Is like, it really? Th- think about it this way: Pittsburgh has been like blessed with one of the most consistent and. Uh, storied franchises in the entire NFL, and they still find a way to bitch and complain about smallest shit. Right? Uh, they've had they haven't had a losing season under Tomlinson. Right? Not at all. And and this is that this is where he comes from. And they bitch and complain about that. And he's mad about the Carolina Panthers fans who are upset because every move that has been made under David Tepper has resulted in mediocrity and. And quite honestly, being the laughing stock of the entire NFL, I mean, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, th- that those two things don't line up for a guy who's got brass balls on his on his uh, on his desk to to say that the stupidest thing I have to deal with is yeah. these yeah. people on Twitter. I mean, he got a vagina is. And by the way, no offense, ladies. Did I not tell everybody that David Tepper was on Twitter? I told everyone this when we were bitching about Teddy Bridgewater. We were all complaining so loud about Teddy Bridgewater and that we didn't want to see this fucking guy for another season. And then, of course, that's when you started to hear about the Deshaun Watson shit, which, by the way, David Tepper was in on every bit as much as any other NFL team. So, again, man, like this man hasn't produced a winning season as an owner in the NFL, all the Panthers do is underachieve, and he wants to get mad at us for bitching. Like, dude, we're What's gonna the... continue to make you an even richer billionaire than you fucking ever were before. It's like, come on, dude, show a little bit of class to the fans that you're supposedly here to care about and uplift and help build the fan base what's the group that um it's not the ninth temple i should know this um freemasons the, the M- M- uh freemasons the illuminati this is what uh panther gal is saying he's probably in wo 
You know what I'm saying? Like, here's the thing about this is what fucking just drives me insane about this is that you're supposed to be this fucking brilliant ass businessman. And now you want to know what's going to suck is when we ain't talking about you on Twitter, motherfucker. Yeah. We've had five, five win seasons. We've had five, five win seasons in a row, dude. Is that what it is? Five? How many is it in a row? Uh, 28, 18, 19, 20, 21, four, four in a row. 2017 yeah, was the last time we were good. Yeah, man. It's been about, uh, it's been about, you that. give us five more seasons. And if we're as cool as Browns fans, then you can, then I'll be asking your, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, like you want to, you want to learn about this? You want to learn about this, David Tepper? Why don't you try doing a podcast with two people listening to it 10 years? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, Lucky motherfucker, number one, that we give a shit enough to talk shit. That's the first thing. The second of all is this. It's like Steve Smith saying is this. is like, come on, man. Steve Smith saying you don't even need to listen. Like, I mean, let them talk. That's what we want. Sorry, David Tepper. And the fact is this. This is why you're carpet-ass bagging motherfucker, because you kept saying basements. We ain't got no basements in North Carolina. Yeah, no, that that that, 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 that goddamn great. basement in North Dude, Carolina. That is a perfect observation, Tony. Up north, they have basements. Yeah, down south, got no there's fucking no basements, fucking basements, dude. What are you even oh, talking fuck about? Out of here. Ice up, bro. ice up. Uh, right, so, I'm um, hard in the paint. CK, do you have one? I have one. It's up to you. Mine's, mine's, uh, it doesn't matter either way. I don't have anything to pull up with it. Uh, I'll I'll, I'll let you go first. I don't have much. Joey the Black Panther said he puts ketchup on steak and he's an elitist. (laughs) (laughs) He's not Um, wrong, Joey. So, I I don't know how many of you guys uh, listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, um, but Aaron Rodgers went on there uh, recently and talked about a couple of really cool things. Um, but you know, when you start, when you, when you hear him describe how the NFL actually handled the COVID COVID, you know, protocols and things like that, you really start to, you know, like see the, the hypocrisy in all of it. Um, there was a moment he was talking about how essentially, I'm sure you guys remember back, I think in 2021, the Panthers were like praising, you know, everybody for we were like one of the highest we were we were one of the highest teams. vaccinated places, you know, teams in the NFL and all that stuff. Well, apparently that was such a, a, a point of emphasis that they had people come and tell them about the stats. Like this is how many this is the vaccination rate of this, you know, of uh, of this and this is this and all that all that stuff. And they they said in one in, in, in one moment, they said very like confidently in in their statements they said if you get vaccinated you will not have any chance of contracting the virus or you know giving your fellow teammates the virus and this is after by the way the science has already proven that that was to be false and that actually it was admitted by that point that the cdc and, and and a lot of the representatives had blatantly lied just so people would get the vaccination like they they knew it wasn't going to completely immunize you from the the vaccine or from the you know, COVID, which is you know uh, expected, right? It's just meant to you know limit the like uh, a flu shot, right? Doesn't work on a percent shot, to, yeah. right? 
but they were basically telling, and, and when you know Aaron Rodgers brought it up and said, "Well, that's not true. You can still contract." They called him a conspiracy theorist to his face, um, and 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 because of that, he was like, "You know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I've I've got teammates that were vaccinated that actually I have COVID, the, motherfucker, yeah, have COVID." So you're you're what you're stating is absolutely unequivocally false. Um, well, I mean, what I what I guess the point for that is to realize um that and another part of that so basically there's a lot of people from that interview that i would like to ice up one of them was uh i think a new york post or uh something like that one of those uh reporters um after he was on the pat mcafee show they he said like his uh he had broken his toe and somebody like he said he was injured that he hurt his toe and that they were just joking around saying he had COVID toe. COVID toe. <laughs> and and so this had never been reported on before. And they were reporting it on, on it from this, from literally this show, the Pat McAfee show. And it was literally in jest. And they actually wrote an article saying that Pat Mac or that Aaron Rodgers had lesions on his foot and that he has COVID uh, toe because he wasn't vaccinated. Like and it was just that stupid shit, dude. Like I I not to go back to a time that was very dark and you know, uh, that we constantly can look back on and say, just laugh hysterically at how wrong experts were about what was going on in the world. Um, Like, I just want to say ice up to those people and, and to the NFL and anybody who, who looks at that and, you know, looks back and thinks, yeah, we handled this right. Um, I just want to say ice up. You know what Cody Lashney calls all this shit? Virtue signals. Virtue signals. That's all it is. And by the way, you know how you know it is? In that same interview, he talked about how once it got to the playoffs, oh, dude, the they NFL, didn't give a shit. Like, the NFL give a did not give a damn if you were vaccinated or unvaccinated it's- because they wanted to make sure that all the superstars were going to be available and playing come time of the playoffs, dude. We live in the world of virtue signaling where you must show people online, you must demonstrate your moral character and the amount of standards that you have in your life for everyone to see or else you're a conspiracy. That's why I'm uh, on Baker's side and even this reporter side on this is because I think some people are, but like, it's like, I want to say this just about the, um, I'm not anti-science. eh? like, I hate when people say, I mean, people say like, I like, first of all, is I don't need to dig my feet into any position too much when I don't really know anything on these things. My my one thing about this vaccination joint was is that I've put worse things into my body than this vaccine. I promise you that. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like I mean, I've done worse who, shit in my life. But at the end worse. of the day, what's bizarre about this and what's fucking Looney Tunes to me is like if you go and look at what the CDC guidelines are right now, for COVID, like it's just like, oh, well, you know what? We're so tired of COVID. It's like, it's like, uh, you don't got a quarantine for two weeks no more. And by the way, now, now people it's are just... mad. People are mad at the CDC now for because, being too yeah, fucking. Like, oh, uh, the CDC is too lax. So now people are mad at the fucking CDC. Well, I thought that you needed to follow what the CDC said. Dude, I don't like the group think. Cody Lashney has been pushing this on the show since he got in here is avoid the group think, but have a brain for your fucking self. And yeah. I agree with that. The other thing is this is like, I agree with a lot of these things. Like in theory, they do work, right? Like is like vaccinations do like, I like 
medicine. I like sh- penicillin. Right. I like shit like this. So I'm not yeah. anti mask But here's the thing is don't be like, oh, I wear a mask for four minutes so I'm safe. But then the other 88 minutes or whatever, I don't wear it around my family. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, it's just yep. optics. Yeah. I mean, if you're really going to do it, you really do it. And I, and man, if you were riding down, who was it? Was it you, Cody, that said the picture of the dude with a motorcycle wearing a no helmet and wearing the mask? Uh, maybe. I don't know. No, somebody said, maybe somebody, oh, no, it was my boy at work. He said this. And someone sent him a picture. It was a guy that was riding a real mo- like a motorcycle with no fucking helmet on, but he was wearing a mask. And it was like, he's safe as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you should think. I don't give a fuck what you should think, but I yeah. do. Stop shaming people. Yeah, they don't agree. Yes, it's so. So, uh, final two things. Joe Rogan, whether you love that guy or hate that guy, his podcast is the fucking best. And like the it fact that in, the, the the fact that in one week's time, he had Mark Zuckerberg. Who essentially, who essentially admitted to the world that the FBI came to him and was like, hey, chill with all the Hunter Biden shit, please. It's probably Russia. Wink, wink. But then on top of that, then to have Aaron Rodgers the very next day, uh, like, dude. It, and then they're like smoking weed the whole time. And, and, and like, dude, literally some of the biggest moments now in pop culture I feel like end up being headlines on the Joe Rogan podcast. Like the 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 free flow of ideas. You don't have to like Joe. I certainly don't agree with Joe on everything that he says. But to deny that having a platform like that, he's with, a great with, interviewer, dude. Yeah, and he's, I- he's and he's a fascinated individual. So when he interviews people, you can tell that he's he really is interested. interested. Yeah, he, he, wants, he really wants to learn. And, and he's willing more. to change his opinion. Yeah, that's that's one thing I love about Joe. He's Old a cool Adam. dude. I'm going to go ahead and say this. Joe's, Joe Rogan is cool. But here's Joe's the thing. Man. Here's the thing that I think is is you know a parallel to what we're doing here. I think we as a society are getting tired of this every five minutes it has to be a new like a like so these long form like conversations and podcasts where we might hammer the same you know conversation or same detail for like 15 to 20 minutes right that's fine like i think people are craving that because we've been in such a society of immediate like i i i i i'd heard somebody describe it this way like we have been we go from either TikTok or the news or something from laughing hysterically to being, you know, extremely angry to crying uh, to to being just super depressed in a matter of like 10 minutes, yeah. either because we're watching videos on TikTok that are very like one will be very happy. One will be sad. I, our, our bodies are not meant for that type of swing. Right. So I think there's a starvation for the type of content that Joe Rogan puts out or even ourselves that that you're not getting from, you know, news or from, you know, many. Other, that's why podcasts have been kicking off so, so much. I know they've been dying oh, yeah. off a little bit, but it's because people aren't just interested in the surface anymore of people. They want to get to know people. They want to see what's really, you know, what drives them. And 
in a three-hour conversation with Mark Zuckerberg, as boring as that motherfucker was, by the way, that was not like that. I thought that was going to be way more interesting. Um, I learned a lot of stuff. Don't get me wrong, but that was boring. Um, uh, that, 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 like just being able to learn more about these people and, and, and go in depth for their beliefs, but also where they to see that these motherfuckers are human, except for Mark Zuckerberg, who I still firmly He's believe is an alien. Really a fucking robot. Um, also, uh, Rocket 81, he said Joe went on Theo Vaughn's podcast. It was two hours ago. Oh, I, those I two that. are fucking. Theo Vaughn, bro. I, I swear that Theo Vaughn is better in conversation. I didn't love his stand up. Like you know, just, I find uh, that his stand up, but his conversation and delivery is. Dope I find that true for a lot of comedians, but Theo Vaughn, when you listen to him on podcasts, the shit that he says out of left field—that's what I'm saying. He's better yeah. in that atmosphere. His actual stand up was meh. Is you have to. It's sort of like the Norm McDonald type of thing. Like you really have to enjoy that type of. I uh, love, yeah. I love him, man. I just love him in com. I think he just slays in those natural moments more than he did in the orchestrated one. So I'm gonna go listen to that. All right, uh, Cody, get us with the last one, and let's get the hell out of here. Yeah, man. Uh, that's how you know people like long form. Podcasting. They're we still 100... here. 147 people. Yeah, still we got we got almost 150 people, and we're almost three hours and 30 minutes in. Uh, shout out to Panthers Culture. Uh, if you follow him on Twitter, he's a great Panther follower. I muted him a long time ago. He, he uh he is uh the guy that was responsible for the bring or keep Cam and Carolina billboards that came out. So uh a very funny interaction happened. Uh, he put, how has Colin Thompson survived this long? And he put that out on Twitter. Well, what he probably didn't expect was that Colin Thompson would respond to him in person uh, on Twitter and says, uh, oxygen, food, and water, the occasional beer as well. And then put his, uh, uh, I guess, uh, Cape May Brewing Company out. I guess that's in uh, that's in New Jersey. Or maybe he knows somebody. He might. Yeah. uh, So I mean, that's kind of funny. How often does that really ever happen? Uh, It gets better. You're throwing a little bit of shade online, and then the 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 player uh, ends up catching you, man. Uh, So to to everyone who thinks that players don't see the shit that you say on Twitter. I sub song because uh, the Panther culture came back after him when he got cut. (laughs) (laughs) I know I muted Panther culture for some reason a long time ago. I couldn't take it anymore. Anyway, uh, they do listen to us, Cody. And I hope fucking David Tepper heard me. And I'm not really trying to just insult you, but like, I feel we feel insulted. Yeah, we feel that he insulted us. Like, and you have a bazillion dollars, motherfucker. Yeah. We don't have a bazillion dollars, but we do have the best fans in YouTube. The best. We do. They're wonderful. Man, we got some cool subscribers. I got some members of the inner circle. Thank you for the donations. Thank you for the likes, the subscribes. Thank you for the calls. We'll be back with y'all on Friday for the Friday free-for-all. And um, coming up, man, the season's going to be coming out. I'm going to be debating Cody. We're going to be doing the beat check. I got We got a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, once I get this computer, I'm going to start battling 
uh, CK on some games too, man. We're going to be having fun up here. I've had so much fun hanging out with y'all tonight. I know I was salty and feeling it. And that's what, man, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's go. Baker got me. Baker put some fucking juice in my veins, man. For this hey, year. Man, he put some juice in a lot of veins, man. Uh, he put some juice in the veins of the podcast, of the Panther fandom. I hope he delivers, man. I hope he delivers. I'm on Team Baker if he's able to do this, man. How? All uh, right. Go ahead, CK. I was going to say, uh, just as an exit uh, question, on a scale of one to ten, how? Where did you start with Baker being a Panther, and where are you now, Cody? Uh, I mean, okay. If I started at a zero, damn. <laughs> Damn. Fucking dick. No, I said, I mean, can you give him a one? It was an upgrade. Can I finish my sentence, please? Zero, bitch. Good Lord. Maybe let me get to the next part, okay? I was not excited. You all know that. So if I started at a zero, I would say now, I'll say now I'm at a five. Oh, I was about to say, hey, that's not say bad, a one. If I was like, if he says a one, I am going to fucking kick him and off. No, you know what? Head. I was about to say four. And I'm like, nah, you know what? If he actually did say that shit, which I do believe it was, there was some Went variation of that set. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. I'll give him a five. Right. I'll give him a five. I like that. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. Tuesday nights, 9 p.m., call in, sub up, follow. You see it all over the screen. Check it in the show notes. Cody Lack, tell them how. Uh, yeah, find me on Twitter at Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Uh, find my written work at drafttech.com, where I'm the analyst for the Carolina Panthers. Um, and uh, keep it tuned to the C3 podcast, man. Consider joining. We're going to have more badges, more emojis. Working on that as we speak. We're going to be doing giveaways. Uh, we got so many things coming down the pike, y'all. We have another thing that we haven't even announced to y'all yet. And that's mm-hmm. going to be coming soon, man. Big. It's the biggest by, thing. It's our the biggest ne- thing. The ne- the ne- so just to leave y'all with a little teaser, the next thing that we announced for y'all is going to be something that we're all going to be able to participate in every Tuesday and Friday. And every- make money. And make some money off of it. For us. And, and include, yeah, for, for, for us, y'all. for y'all, the listener, are going to have some opportunities to make some cash. Man, we got some cool shit coming down the pike for these boys, y'all. Yeah. CK. You can find me at Codizzle Allen um, on most social media platforms, TikTok, uh, Facebook, Twitter, all those locations. Hit me up on Twitter. Um I'm trying to, bl- I'm trying to uh, grow that one out a little bit more now. I think I have a little bit more of a focus on that. But I am planning on, I don't know, I'm going to talk to Tony about it, but we still plan on doing the Madden simulation. I'm almost of the mind that I might want to try and do that as a live stream on the channel, uh, potentially. Uh, Tony might have a uh, be better ready. insight on that. Um, but uh, And then we can, watch, uh, we can watch the game together and uh, actually have... Uh, uh, some uh, you know, uh, live reactions as a group, and uh, oh, see fun. what happens. Oh, so, that'd be cool! Fantastic. Yeah, um, 
Go to Instagram and follow my wife and my kids' dog page. We just got a new puppy, and they're going to do an Instagram. It's called Maverick, the top golden doodle. And uh, the, I convinced my daughter to name our dog Maverick. Because, oh, did you? Uh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's perfect. Because he is the the leading star in this new movie called Top Done. Uh, Cody, <laughs> us, take us the fuck out of here. Uh, C3 Nation, until next time, you already know what to do. Keep pounding.